six-pack lap of that, and this is it. This is the USAPL 2019 preview show everybody's been waiting for. I got my man Matt Gary. We got some expert scouting involved. Matt is the best of the best when it comes to it. But real quick off the top, let me give a shout-out to FusionMuscle.com. Use promo code KOTL25 to get 25% off of all of your supplements, and they have everything. Multivitamins, creatine, pre-workout, they even got protein. Do not bother driving all the way to a store, wasting your time, wasting your money. Get 25% off of all of your supplements. They got everything you need dropped off right to your house FusionMuscle.com and promo code K-O-T-L. And with no further ado, let's get the show going. My brother from another mother. How are what's you doing? What's happening? The, uh, how are you doing? Is, is it? Do I look all right? It looks like I got a huge light in the background. Is that distracting? No, not to me. It's all good. Okay, good, good, good. So how you yep. feeling, my man? It's been a, it's been a bit. Last I seen you was Sweden. Been a few That's months. Right. Been a few months, yeah. my man. Yeah, life is good, man. I'm uh, just burning the candle at both ends, getting all these people ready for nationals. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. I know the feeling. We're recording a podcast like every day, it seems. And, yeah. And uh, editing, we got video on this time. We're doing some video. Yeah. This one's on video yeah. as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, man, nationals is always wild and crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, looking at these nationals, looks like we got some we got some battles coming. We have the return of uh, your man Ray. Everybody's excited, yep. and yep. Um, we got a couple people returning, and, and some interesting showdowns. And um, I know you came prep. You told me give me a few days. You want to come one hundred. <laughs> you, you 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 are known as the scouting master. So. Uh-huh. So what are we looking at here? Do you want to do this? How do you want to run it down? Do you want to go day by day, do you think? Or do you want to do, how do you think we should do this? Uh, that's your call, man. Um, are we recording now or are we still waiting? 100%, so don't drop the F-bombs just yet. <laughs> no, we're recording. We're recording live. We're, we're going. We're all in. Well, yeah, it, it really, it's your call. I mean, the schedule's kind of weird this year. It's 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 a little bit out of order, per se. It doesn't flow like a normal meet because um, they decided to have the lighter guys in the first day. So, I mean, if you if you want to go in the order of the days, I mean, I'm fine that way. It's going to – that might feel a little jumbled to your listeners, or we can just go, you know, straight up, you know, um, you know, men's classes first or women's classes first in the order that they're, you know, whatever, man. I'm, I'm flexible. I'll, I'll roll with the punches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think let's, um, let's do, you know what? I don't think we should split men's and women's. I think okay. we should mix them. How do you feel about that? Let's, let's mix them up. Let's mix them. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, if you want, if you want to just go, we're basically talking about the open lifters primarily, yeah. and, and that are going in prime time. So if you want to just go in order, we'll just go in order of the days. So uh, that 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 way, it'll be kind of ping pong back and forth between men and women, and they'll get equal amount of love. There we go, man. There we go. So um, all right, let's let's have it then. Let's start off day one. Day one. Yep. Um, I don't have it all pulled up in front of me. I made notes. Now, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, day one in the prime time will be the 59s, uh, 66s, and 74s. 
So that's that's the very first day is going to be men only. So interesting to me. Here's a note that was interesting to me when I'm looking at the 59s. Cole Metz at um, now is this not the young man who who went head to head with Fedoshenko at the at the Worlds in June? Yeah, he was. He was in Sweden. He had a little bit of an off day that day, but th- that's that's the same guy. Yep. So okay. So what I was commentating. He, first off, is a massive 59-kilo guy. He looks tall. Um, all, those other, all those other guys are, if they're five feet, you know, this yeah. individual, Cole, is, is by no means, you see him, you'd be shocked he's 59-kilo. He looked like a dude from The Walking Dead when he hit the platform. He must have cut so much water. Um, by the time Dennis rolled around, he was puking on the platform. I mean, yeah. it was a mess. And I remember as a commentator saying, um, you know, I think I think he took a medal here. You know, he did he did he did a decent enough showing, I guess. But he looked like he was not having fun, and that's to say the least. Like he looked like he was on death's door. And I remember thinking, this is probably he's outgrown the weight class. He's just gotten too big. He's twenty years old. Maybe as a teen, he could do the cut and make it. And I remember thinking, this will probably be the last we're going to see of Cole Metz, who looked like he's having a miserable time. You know, literally at the end, puking on the platform, and then in the in the medal ceremony, looking like he's like, "Oh man, somebody bring me to my bed." He's not going out for beers. Um, so I was shocked to see him down as a fifty nine kilo here. I yeah. was Were you shocked too? Like, do you have a little more insight? Was it the weight cut in Sweden? Do you think, or was it something else? Because clearly yeah. something was wrong. Yeah, he he weighed in at in Sweden at fifty nine on the nose. <laughs> so. So yeah, I, I think he struggled with the uh, with the weight cut and with the travel. And frankly, I'm I, I'm a little surprised that he's that he stuck around in this class as well. Uh, with a lifter of his build and frame, you would anticipate that he wouldn't, you know, like you said, would outgrow the class and 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 tris- transition out of it, you know, a little a little sooner. But here he is, and he's the number one ranked lifter on qualifying t- on you know nominated totals. And so I mean, there's a little bit of pressure there. Plus he's you know. Coming, coming off of our representative from Sweden, so it's it's. I know what he's thinking in terms of. Um, I mean, he's by far the if he can pull it off, he's by far the the number one guy at fifty nine kilo. He's also probably thinking, historically speaking, prime time because it turns into a prime time. Sometimes the two hour weigh in stretches a little more, so he's thinking, hey, look it. Maybe if I'm going to kick out of the fifty nine kilo class, I'll have the day I wish I had. And if I'm going to have the day I wish I had, A, no travel, B, I would be mad if we start a little later than anticipated. We'll be mad at that. If we weigh in and it turns into two and a half to three hours, you know, would be mad. So maybe he's thinking, let me write this wrong, then I'm out. The only problem is if if they if the turnaround's quick and on point and it's only two hours and it's, oh my God, it wasn't just the travel. I'm just a much too large of a human. He could have just be signed up for another miserable day. Either way... He is my pick for the 59 kilo. I think disaster really has to strike. I've seen the man puke everything up and still put together a decent enough performance that he should be able to win, even on his worst day. So I think as long as he makes weight, and that isn't a long ass, because when I, I swear when I see him on Sweden, he looked like a dude from The Walking Dead. He looked like he had died three hours before, and he, and he just didn't know it yet. Um, if he can make weight, he's our pick. But of all the guys on here, he's the one dude who I'm the most iffy about making with. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's certainly a concern. I think I think I'm going to shock everybody. And and you know, it's funny because when you try to follow him in his lifting, he he hasn't really put any um, thing on social media, and so he's kind of a tough nut to crack in terms of tracking him. Um, he he, uh, I think just doesn't post anything at all, quite frankly. So um, his his social media is kind of dead from that respect. So there's really not a lot to go on. I mean, and frankly, you know, I mean. I'm kind of cut from that cloth too. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that people play it close to the best, you know, why you, you don't see football coaches handing over the playbook to their opposing <laughs> teams prior, yeah. prior, prior, prior to the Super Bowl. Um, I understand that powerlifting is a little bit different. And at the end of the day, you can only do what you do by the same token. Uh, you know, you don't want to tip your hand too much. So clearly he plays it close to the best. However, um, looking at these other lifters in the weight class, and there's six of them that are going to be lifted in prime time. Uh, you've got Mike Coons, who's a returning veteran. Mike's been in the game for a really, really long time. He'll by far have the biggest squat, undoubtedly. Uh, I had the good fortune of coaching Mike in Sweden at the World Cup in 2012, where he went head-to-head with Fedosienko, and they tossed the world record back and forth in the squat. Oh, wow. And uh, so, so Mike's got a 245-kilo squat behind him. Um, the problem is... The, the, you know, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. We're talking, yeah, world, world class, world record squat uh, material. You know, his, his, um, his American record is currently uh, two forty two and a half, which is two and a half kilos over the current world record held by, I believe, is it Kevin Gray from Australia? Um, I believe so. But anyhow, uh, and, and Mike uh, did two a two forty five, I believe, at a local meet, so that's why it's not counting as an American record. But nevertheless. What comes back to, to the haunt Mike a little bit is his hands in the deadlift, you know. Um, it's difficult for him to hold on to anything in the deadlift. So, anyway, that being said, I'm going to pick Coons to come in third. I'm going to take Metz at second. And I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, I know I'm shaking up a little bit. I'm going to take Charlie Yang coming in first. Um, been following his, her, his training a little bit. And he just recently – put up a 207.5 kilo squat in training, which is 10 over his nominated number, uh, and it looked comfortable. He also he also represented the country at Bench Press Worlds in Japan, and I know that that was a single lift meet, but he hit 142.5 in the bench over there. So, his you know, it, it stands to reason, and that's been a minute. I mean, that's been a few months, so I suspect his bench is on the come up as well. And he also just recently posted a 260-kilo deadlift that was laughable. I mean, it looked like a warm-up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and take Charlie Yang at number one. Uh, oh, wow. Well, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Looking at it, I was thinking, if Cole doesn't show up like Cole historically, if he shows up and has another Sweden day where he's half dead, Charlie. I'm, I'm yeah. on swinging Charlie. Yep. In that Cole at 20... He's getting bigger, not smaller. He's weightlifting. The side effects of weightlifting, surprise, surprise, you gain muscle mass. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it does look like Cole's probably thinking, I want to leave on better terms in Sweden, and he just might have showing up, and Charlie's like, well, guess what? I got plans as well, young man. Yeah. I got plans as well. I'm going to send you on your way taking another out. You know, yeah. so we'll see. It's definitely Charlie was the other guy that I was looking at. If if Cole looks up like he like like he's just has to chop off every uh, fingernails, hair, freaking three fingers just to make weight again, then we're right in trouble. On. We're in trouble. Um, so what about the sixty six kilo gentleman? Our 
reigning world, well, no, well, reigning world champion and Raw national champion uh, Charles Apoko is not going to be lifting. Correct. Which is kind of shocking. Um, yeah. I mean, he's he's a back-to-back world champion. Definitely would have been my pick, but oh, decided yeah. I'm going to step out from this one. And now it looks like we have a battle of the Garcias. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, it's going to be between these two gentlemen. Are they? They're not related. No, no, I don't believe so. Um, but they they did they did place uh, second and third last year, uh, respectively. Jonathan placed second to Charles, and then Morgan placed third. Uh, and that being said, really, when you look at their totals from last year, uh, you know it was Jonathan missed three attempts at nationals. And uh, Morgan missed four. So, and it was really, really close. So it came down to just Jonathan kind of missing fewer. Their nominated totals are so close. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Morgan's got a slight edge in deadlift ability. So, I mean, this could really, you know, come down to kind of, you know, pulling last and so forth. Jonathan's got that significant lead in the squat. So, um, you know, Jonathan's got a background in, in equip lifting. He started and equipped in 2012 and then transitioned over to Raw in 2016. So, uh, you know, he's used to having heavier weight on his body via the equip lifting. But, yeah, this is going to come down to a battle. And it's interesting with Rodrigo Manzo also. If you look up that guy, um, he's coached by Joey Flex. He went three for nine at Raw Nationals last year, which, which is like inexplicable. Like I, I don't know what happened. You know, I didn't I didn't really follow that group other than Charles last year. So it stands to reason that if Rodrigo makes you know more than three attempts, which I fully expect he will, yeah. uh, you know, for him to to kind of improve on his showing as well. So uh, yeah, but it's it, it'll be interesting. It's uh, it, when people show up. And some of the totals we're looking at in previous performances we're looking at are you missed three times, missed four times. When dude misses six times, yeah. it makes it a lot harder because history is the best predictor of the future. And when it's a one-off like that, nobody, you're not going to do back-to-back meets, back-to-back national showings where you're doing three at a time. Only get three lifts and it's just barely not bombing out. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. If I, well, we got to take picks. So I'm going to throw this out here. Ordinarily, I'm going to go with the bigger deadlifter because they got the winning lift in their hands. And more than likely, Morgan Garcia is going to put the winning lift in his hands. Unless Jonathan can push it to an extent where he's like, my friend, you're going to want to protect your silver and stop hunting for the gold. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think Morgan's going to have the winning lift in his hands. Having said that, you might think I'm going leaning towards the Morgan route. <laughs> I'm going to pick Jonathan for the win. I think Johnny Boy's got this. I think Jonathan yep. Ascends takes the 66-kilo six, six throw. And I think Morgan, um, I, I think he's just going to be pushed too far and not be able to pull himself into it and ends up taking the silver. And then uh, the, our, our Joey Flex man takes more than three lifts and he takes the bronze. Nestle's in there. And that's the way I see it rolling out. What are you thinking? I concur 100%. Yeah. Uh, no major yep. surprises. Uh, I mean, it's a tight. It's a tight race, and um, I mean, if if one of these fellas, like if Jonathan starts missing again, it, the whole thing shakes up. It, that's, that's the right. problem. Where if it's a wildfire, if it turns into a wildfire fight, everything just throw it all out the window. You can't go. If someone else goes three for nine, well, that shakes everything up. But I don't think lightning strikes twice. I think. For these gentlemen, everybody's on their A game and misses far fewer, and it rolls out kind of like the nominations would suggest. 
Agreed. Um, so let's take let's talk about the 74s. Now the 74s mm. are getting heated underneath Taylor Atwood. We have oh, yeah. Taylor Atwood, the king, not just of the 74 kilo kingdom, but um Taylor and, and his following would, would suggest king of powerlifting in terms of the mm. IPF. And the IPF Lifter Lifters Award went to Taylor would also suggest king of powerlifting. He's coming into this tournament. He wants to make a statement. It's not just the 74s that he's trying to dim their hopes and tell them, hey, guess what? There's a new SPD Invitational, 300K on the table. You're not going to get invited to that. Not this year and not for any year to come for a while to go. Taylor <laughs> wants to squash some hopes. Um, a lot of these contenders got some hope, and there's reason to it. We'll dive into that in a hot second. Taylor is also eyeballing um, Russell Orkey and anyone else who might challenge him for the Best Lifter Award. The Best Lifter Award has gained importance now that we talk about the SPD Invitational. Not just because, um, obviously, the Best Lifter Award of the U.S. Raw Nationals, that's great. Nice caveat to have. But the next big meet's going to be the SPD Invitational. And the showdown we see at U.S. Raw Nationals will act as a bit of a preview because we suspect that the SPD Invitational will look a lot like an Orhee versus Taylor, throw a couple of other names in there, but it'll be a lot of people coming from the U.S. Raw Nationals. So here's a bit of a preview. So there's a lot of significance on the line here. Taylor understands it. I'm expecting, full well expecting Taylor make a push into the 800 kilo total range, which is absolutely freaking crazy. I remember when Brett Gibbs was on the cover of the IPF magazine because he's yep. an 83 kilo lifter who hit 800. And it said big, bold, 800. And now look at this. Now we're talking about 74 kilo guys. And when this was in ancient history, this was just a few years ago, it was a massive deal. 83 kilo guy hits an 800 total. Um, now Taylor's more than likely going to hop in into the 80, 800 kilo total range. Uh, I think he's too far ahead. I think most of the other 74s will tell you, this year, we're not going to touch. We're not going to touch Taylor. However, second and third, my man, it's almost like, like, like sometimes you, you say, wow, flip a coin, I don't know. For real, I've been thinking, when I think about this podcast and we have this coming, I can be talked almost any way. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm between Tran, Austin Perkins, um, Ricky Cho, yeah. And Michael C. Michael C is a world champion. Ricky Cho, silver medalist, broken world records, uh, world class also. And then uh, Austin Perkins, University Cup, international experience. Um, just a phenomenal lifter. Actually, I told all the fellas who were at the world championships in Sweden. Yeah. Now, they would tell you, hey, if I had to lift what I had to lift, I'd lift what I have to to win. So fair enough. But nonetheless, and then we have... Kevin Tran, who everybody's like, don't sleep on this kid. Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't have the international experience as other fellas had. When we had the 74 Kilo Boys podcast, we didn't have them on because I just grabbed the fellas who had made the U.S. national team already. And you have to stop somewhere. Four people was already a lot. Um, so you got to stop somewhere. But easily, hey, moving forward, he'll be on He's going to be invited. He's a guy in there. Ricky Cho, who's an outspoken individual. And that's probably the nicest way to say it, okay? He speaks his mind, shoots from the hip, and he's hip when he shoots, says, I'll tell you right now, I think trans number two, I put him above myself. You know, I put him above everybody else here besides Taylor. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, and then beyond that, even beyond those those individuals, I mean, 74 kilos stack rate all top 10. Any one of these guys in the top 10 has a great day. And some of the fellas at the top start missing. I mean, they're that close. It's that tight. I'm seeing in training some of these guys, 20 years old, hitting some numbers. It's ridiculous. Um, so their nominations, you could almost throw them out the window when you're that age making that kind of game. It's very difficult. Austin Perkins, before we start saying the picks, Austin Perkins actually said, look, I'm 20 years old. When you saw me do um, 747 and a half and unpushed, watch what I'm going to do at Nationals. And by next year, if I make it to a, uh, a Belarus national team, I'm looking at 800. I'm looking at 800. And he's 20 years old. Yeah, you know, he's a kid. He's still, he was a teenager a few months ago. Like, that's insane. You know, it took forever for us to see an 83-kilo guy reach 800. Now we're talking 20-year-old juniors who, who are barely out of the teens talking about, watch me get 800. With all that being said... I think we're both going to pick Taylor, or am I crazy? Or you got some kind of weird scouting report. We're picking Taylor, right? That, that 100, 100% Taylor Atwood. He's the best powerlifter on the planet, and yeah. he's unbeatable unless he gets hurt. Yeah, fair, fair, definitely. Um, what are you thinking for your second and third? Yeah, so we're going to have, in all likelihood, you know, it's fun. Like you said, I listened to that podcast where you had all those guys on. We could have four, possibly five guys squat over 600 pounds. That's ridiculous. It's insanity. Uh, You know, and and we're also going to have all of these guys pulling, you know, damn, a a lot of them pulling in the high sixes close to seven with a couple going over 700 pounds, which is just, you know, it's insanity. But it it, it makes it really, really fun. Uh, looking at all of these lifters and and doing my research, and and this is going to probably shock you. So I'm going to go. I'll go. We agree Taylor's going to win. So uh, we're looking at who's going to take second and third. At third, I'm going to go ahead and take um, Ricky Cho. Uh, I really feel like he's going to do better under Joe Stanek's tutelage. I think that's a, that was a good move for him. Uh, hiring a coach, not not that he wasn't doing well without one, but I think that Joe's a, a smart guy, you know, from TSA. Uh, I saw the last deadlift that Ricky just did in training, 305 kilos, which is, you know, 12 and a half over his nominated deadlift. Uh, so just phenomenal there. So he'll, he'll be one of the later guys pulling. I've got him coming in third. And I've got Austin coming in second. Uh, I do. I have Austin coming in second. So that means that these other guys get pushed out of the medals. That's crazy. It, it, it's it's like you said. You know, it's not an easy pick. But the, you know, Austin's been doing some equip lifting since 2016. Like you said, he's young. He's only 20. One of the things that I really noticed and liked about Austin is he's been on body weight now for almost three weeks. Uh, and so we're talking about somebody who doesn't have to cut. He doesn't. And cut. watching. Yeah. He's yeah. Small. Yeah, he's on. He he's on body weight, and so some of these other guys that have to suck down some weight, you know, uh, I mean, you know how that goes. And so I really like it when somebody can be on or practically eating up till game day, you know, and and have their gas tank full when they hit the platform. So I've got I've got Ricky coming in third. I've got Perkins at second, and of course Taylor the King at number one. Here's what I'm thinking, and look, I'm, I'm telling you, I can be swayed real easy. Um, I mean, I, I honestly believe Austin, there's something about Austin, the way he carries himself. I think this kid's the future. 
This mm-hmm. kid is um, 20 years old. And I don't know. He, it's not even like he said a lot on the podcast. It's the way there's something. Sometimes it's the way somebody carries themselves. You're like, this guy's got something. He's something mm-hmm. special, right? Um, and the way he even said, look, at I, I asked the fellas, does it mean a lot to you? If Taylor stays and you unthrown him on the platform or Taylor leaves and you end up just having to beat his old number, but it doesn't happen on the platform, doesn't happen in the field of play, the whole new king moment and he shakes your hand, whatever, the, the passing of the torch. And Austin's like, I tell you what, it's going to happen regardless. That's what was his answer. His answer was, I tell you what, if he shows up to the party or not, I'm going to be the king. It's going to happen regardless. And, and, you know, the way he said, like, look, I'm going to hit 800. I don't know if he's hitting 800 in, in, in this U.S. Nationals. I'm hitting 800 by next Worlds. Um, there's something about it. I think it's the future. Now, having said that, I'm going to pivot on a dime on you right now. He's 20 years old. His last total, 737 and a half. I think he's going to mm-hmm. best it. I think he's going to move up from it. But I don't think his, his future is this quick turnaround at this Nationals. Okay. And I, I see that I think the kid's the future, but there isn't a big enough space yet for him to reach his potential yet. He's going to be a problem. But for this Nationals, I actually got Tran coming in second. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I'm picking because from what I saw in, in the – like on uh, training videos, you know, um, it's not the same as the platform, but – with these fellas, they're young. And, and I haven't seen as much as him as some of these fellas who hit the international. Hopefully that changes in the future. But with the deadlift that I've seen in the gym, I think he'll be able to load up the pull for the second. And if it comes into that scenario, I'm going to lean towards him just because of that. I think his deadlift, I've seen him pull seven, and that's that's, that's silly. That's silly. Mm-hmm. How, how, how is a guy who's 74 kilo pulling seven when he weighs in at 163 pounds? That's 317.5 kilo for any international listeners, viewers. I'm going to leave. If, if the situation is this tight and everybody's neck and neck and neck, and, and I can't, and I'm, I'm staying up at night and I can't make a pick, I'm going to lead towards my man who I think might have a 700 pound, 317 and a half kilo pull in him. I don't think he's going to actually pull that, but he's got something up there. I think Ricky's going to have something crazy up his sleeve as well. The deadlift yep. wasn't there for him in Sweden. I think the dev will be there for him. I think going with Joe Stanek um, was a good idea as well. Um, having said that, I'm going to pivot again on you. I'm pivoting a lot. I'm like Neo in the Matrix right now uh, by the end of this. I'm going to take Michael C for third. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you why. 441-pound, um, 200-kilo bench press by a 74-kilo, 163-pound man. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, his, his his bench is booming, and he does create such a deficit for the other lifters. So yes. that's, you know. That's ridiculous. Yeah. What are we talking about? What are we talking that's about? A lot, yeah, that's a lot of ground to make up for the other guys. <laughs> silly. And his deadlift. Oh, and by the way, his deadlift right now. So he'll squat six. We're talking about a bunch of these guys squatting six. He'll squat six. Bench press. Uh, so 272.5 kilo for, I, I got to keep remembering, remember we got a huge international following. He'll yep. bench press, if he hits 200 kilo, 441, ridiculous. Oh, and by the way, his deadlift just happened to come to the party now. Oh, and by the way, he is deadlifting up well, in, well into the 600s. He could be into the mid-6s. We don't know yet. I don't know where, but his deadlift has come alive. And um, 
if he pieces together a subtotal like I think he's going to, mm-hmm. he doesn't need to pull 700. He doesn't need to pull late sixes like 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 Train and Chill are going to have to. So I yeah. got I got him for my third, and I'm telling you right now, if you want to talk me into Michael coming in second, you could. If you want to talk me into Ricky coming in second, if you want to talk me into Austin coming in second, I just told you I think Austin's the future. I'm all over all these guys. I I'm, I'm having a tough time. I'm just gotta you got I gotta pick. I can't shy. So yeah. that's my picks. But uh, honestly, in two to three years' time, when these guys are fully developed, you know, Austin's 23, Ricky, all these guys are all like now mid to late 20s. Forget about it. This is the division. You can't look away. The champion of champions award is always going to be coming this direction. And I mean, maybe Russell, but you know what I'm saying? We're in terms of like how many guys vying for it. This is too close. Mm-hmm. This is, we're not talking a showdown between two individuals. We're talking... This, this is this is like a cluster. I, I don't know who's who's going to beat who. Yeah, it's it's loaded, and that's good, and that's you know uh, it, it um you know hat tip here to the coaches and and to the people who are going to be coaching these lifters because that is going to be absolutely critical getting the right numbers on the bar, particularly uh, you know in, in in the squats. Obviously, you know you don't want to miss a third squat because that usually you know, creates fatigue and hurts the deadlift. And then obviously just running the numbers at the end, uh, you know, so the coaching is just going to be critical, but it's look, this, this is a session that you don't want to miss. You got guys, even guys like Zach Gage, those dudes, if the, yeah. the guys on top, here's the thing, those dudes on top, if they miss and cause they're pushing yeah. each other. Here's when you push, you're pushing me, I'm pushing you. So you're reaching, I'm reaching. We miss a couple. Well, guess what? Zach Gage, these fellas are like, Oh, hello. You know, La Pointe, hopefully I'm not butchering his last name. These dudes are like, oh, hello, door just swung open. Yeah, I'll walk through that door anytime. These guys are capable. All, yep. of, them, all of them could end up top five. If you're in the top ten, you could easily be in top five. In, in this division, you're world class. For all, everyone in the top ten is world class. For no sure. doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, yeah. I could do a full episode of 74. Do you want to throw something else in there? I, I just wanted to give also another uh, a shout out to a master's lifter, one that I'll be coaching. I'll be coaching Eric Townsley, who's the M1. He's the returning champion of M1, and he's going to be in a dogfight again with the same gentleman that we locked horns with last year, Jason Jackson. So uh, uh, I'm looking forward to working with Eric. He's coached by the strength guys, uh, Jason Tremblay. And so uh, I'm going to have the good fortune of, of tag teaming with Jason, and he and I are going to coach Eric. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to. Big big things with him in the M1s. Uh, he went to Sweden and took bronze. He just had a really good prep, and so we're looking. We're gonna try to go, you know, two consecutive years here, back to back, God willing. Yeah, I mean, man, it's uh, Nico as well. Yeah, they got they got the seventy fours. We could do seriously, man. We could do a full podcast and we could really drill into all of their numbers and crunch so many different scenarios where you could shake up the entire rankings except for probably number one, unless disaster completely strikes, and that would be one of the biggest upsets. Because Taylor, again, he's not just the champion. He is the champion of champions. He is the number one guy in the world right now in powerlifting. Not in the sport of powerlifting. Not just in his weight class. Uh, which just makes the 74 is even more spectacular. I just wish, I, I, you know, I can't agree. But looking ahead, two to three years, my God, man. It's going to be crazy to, to be predicting. It's going to be insane. And Taylor's finally going to have the battle that we all wanted him to see. Uh, sure. Now, having said that, let's move on to day two, my friend. Yep. So in day two, 
in the prime time. That's when the women come to the party. We've got the, uh, it'll be the 47s, the 52s, and the men's 83s. So, so, so maybe let's take, take a look at the ladies since we just did the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it exactly in that order. Um, yeah. I'm going to shock you right now and say I'm going to pick Heather Connor. <laughs> okay? We're yeah. going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to use all my expertise in scouting. Now, if you don't know about her, Matt, you're going to want to look her up because she's, she's, she's quite good. She's quite good. Deadlifting David with four times her body weight is ridiculous. Uh, she's like, a, she's like if they make Ant-Woman a movie, she's, that's Ant-Woman right there. Uh, okay. I, and I say that lovingly. But she's 100 pounds soaking wet and shifting the four times body weight type deal. What's her, uh, whatever. She, she's she's in with a bullet. Um, number, number two and number three, I'm not as hip to the 40s. I'm gonna lean yep. on you for that if you got. Do you is it is it super close to call or what are we looking at forty seven? Yeah, so just just looking at the girls who are coming to the party for prime time, you've got um, Sally French who placed fourth last year. Uh, I don't think that she's gonna have quite enough uh, to to break into to podium level. Natalie Freed she placed fifth last year and just gives up quite a bit of a deficit there in the squat. She's a, you know. A little bit better in the deadlift, but I don't see her breaking in. So I'm going to go with Leia uh, De Cesare there coming in third. Uh, fun fact: if you check out her Instagram, she's into bladesmithing and 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 making knives, and she's also does some pole dancing, which explains her her bench press prowess, hanging upside down on the pole. So uh, you know she'll definitely uh, I look to, for her to take the bench, but I, I've got her coming in third. Mallory Brown. Looking at her, this is her very first nationals. Uh, Mallory's won the watch. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but I, I anticipate Mallory taking second based on uh, just the the little bit of information and the meets that that I was able to track her at, which were I think regionals and then also some local meets. And then of course we got Heather, who's just you know unstoppable at, at number one. You know, kind of in a similar situation to Taylor, barring some sort of catastrophe, it's hers to lose. So I'll echo and say um, exactly that. Obviously, Heather. I'll take Mallory for second, and the blade comes in third. There you go. And I'll That's echo it. those. And, and she also picks up a nickname off the show. How do you like that? There um, you go. So 52s is a little more interesting. Uh, yep. 52s, we got, I mean, these guys have seen enough of each other by now. Inda and Tina Tornado clash again. Okay. Um, Inda has has been very successful at the national level and world level, picking up a world title. Um, Sweden was a little rough, not the greatest of circumstances, but I think she's looking to rebound here. Watching her training, she's been shifting some weights. She's been, uh, she looks strong. I think she's going to come in on her A form. And due to that, Inda is going to be my pick uh, for the 52 kilo. And I'm going to take Tina Tornado for number two. And uh, number three, what are you thinking? What What are your picks? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna listen to a bit of your breakdown here because number three is a lot harder for me. Yeah. So just looking at you know, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and pick. I'm gonna agree with you on the first two. Uh, you've got Marisa coming in number one. Uh, she uh, the, the one question with Marisa and both Tina. You know, both of them uh, have their struggles in the squat. You know, they both of them have a tendency to miss squats on depth. Uh, I know that Tina's been kind of banged up lately. I think she's been battling some hip and back issues. Um, so if Tina 
is able to salvage some of the squat. I anticipate that she can continue to push her bench press, which is just a sliver behind Maurice's now, and the deadlift to take second. For third, I'm going to go with Sophia Rizzuto. She's also coached by Joey. She's shown some significant improvement in the squat. She just hit a very clean 145 kilo squat in training. I don't know how much she's over on body weight, but it looked very comfortable. I actually would anticipate her squatting, out-squatting Tina and Marisa, frankly, just because her squats look convincingly deep and so forth. So I've got Sophia coming in third, Tina coming in second, and Marisa coming in first. Well, I got to hear, buddy. She'll be my third pick as well. We'll round it off. Now, the 57 kilos, that's in the same day? Let's see here. Are the 57s on the same day? Also, I'd be remiss, obviously, if I didn't give a shout out to my wife competing at 52. My wife, Susie, current open world record holder in the squat at 52, at the tender age of 51. Yeah, so she's still got the open world record. She declined the opportunity to lift in prime time. She's just lifting as an M2 because she's going to Dubai in November to lift at the Equip World Championships. So she's just going to kind of coast in the M2s. No disrespect to the other ladies, but Susie's at the level where she could probably win with warm-ups. So she's actually just going to take it easy, kind of secure the W to hopefully qualify her to maybe do some stuff at NAPFs next year. But yeah, so I just wanted to give her some love. And no, the 57s are on the following night. So we're done essentially with the women. We got 83s? Yeah, we got to go one of your favorite weight classes, the 83 men. So here's what's funny for me when it comes to 83s right now. Obviously, we have we have a world champion in the mix, and he's going to be the heavy favorite. Um, Russell Lorre, he's he's shocked. I knew he was good coming into Sweden. I didn't know he was that good. I mean, he yeah. looked all types of special. Um, beating a guy as established as Brett Gibbs for the title, when Brett was coming off of the heaviest 10 times body weight total we'd ever seen, being in the 83 kilo class, the first in the 83 kilo class to do it. Brett, after Calgary, looked like he'd be unstoppable. He looked like, I mean, the sky's the limit. If he hits 830 in Calgary, God knows what he's going to hit by the time we've got to Sweden. Russell came, put together an equally phenomenal day, um, broke Brett's world record, and since then in training, the squats he's hitting, the deadlift, he hit a 740-pound deadlift, uh, what that equals into kilos off the top of my melon. My, my, it's, it's 335 kilo deadlift ridiculous uh ridiculous. his squat yeah. i mean he's it's just the numbers he's shifting oh and by the way in sweden got a bronze medal for bench bench used to be his achilles heel now he's winning medals at the world championships in his worst event um and, and the two guys that beat him owen hubbard and brett who are some yeah. of the best bench pressers you'll see in the world. They, they, they take the world record and toss it back and forth like a volleyball. Those are the only two gentlemen who outbenched Russell Orhe. And that was his Achilles heel previously. So if you're an 83-kilo lifter coming into Nationals and you're thinking, I hope I want to unseat the king, it's going to be, in a word, difficult. It's going to be difficult. Is that fair? It's difficult. <laughs> That's not right. That's, that would be my assessment if, my, if that was my lifter. Wow, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. We're going to need some. We're going to need some blessings. We're going to no. need. Russell's got to miss. I don't think Russell is going to miss. 
The only way Russell starts missing is if individually the 83 kilo boys start ganging up on him. Like for instance, Jamar is pushing for a 700 pound squat, 317.5, excuse me, pardon me, that will be a shade under 700 pounds. If you want to be the first 700 pound lifter, don't make that mistake, Paul. <laughs> um, it would be 318 uh, kilo would be 700 um, pound squat. If Jamar and, and individually they start pushing him and, and Russell's like, I'm not giving any ground in any event. I want the biggest dead. I want the biggest squat. Then he might start missing. But if he's like, look, I'm going to play conservative. And my conservative at this point is probably 830. I, if I push it, it could be 858, whatever. His conservative, I don't think anyone's catching him. The only way he misses, the only way he might lose if he's like, I'm not giving an inch. I want to do eagle lifts, so to speak. He still might just, God knows the day he could put together. But let's say that's the only way is if he starts missing by just being like, let's just start shooting from the hip and go willy-nilly. But that still might not be enough. He might be have a decent enough spread. Because walking in here, the closest gentleman behind him would be Sean Noriega, who also entered the 800 kilo club. Um, but Sean isn't 100%. And his nice. last 10 videos I see are all bench press videos. And I know squats were, were troubled by his injury. And I haven't gotten a whole sugar load of confidence based off of the fact that he hasn't shown his squat in God knows how long. So, if we're entering a bench press only, I like Sean's chances. But if your last 10 videos are all bench videos, I'm like, ah, oh, man, what's going on, man? Now, maybe he just posted one today that I didn't see, but I don't think Sean's 100. I don't think he's 100%. I'm not convinced anyways yet. Maybe he is. If he's 100%, he's in the 800 kilo range, I don't think he's going to shore up on him and, and get close to 850 range. Um, muscle man Marcus, I had him on the podcast. He hasn't put together his, his nine for nine day, his super meat, so to speak. Has to put that together. I am very much interested if Muscle Man Marcus can put together his nine for nine super meat. I think he also enters into the 800 kilo range uh, in terms of total. And I think he's, he's now in the hunt. I think Russell is a, is a safe bet for, for being the champ. I think Russell will squat over 700 pounds. Whether I think Jamar, shout out, my man can threaten to hit the podium if Sean or Muscle Man Marcus start missing attempts. And and because um, Jamar, what he's putting together in terms of his squat, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he's starting to come into his own as well. So I think he will also, I think Jamar will squat 700. Who goes first? Who's the first 83 kilo lifter to squat 700? Depends on lot number, whatever, luck of the draw, we'll see. Um, but I think, and this is somewhat controversial, maybe. I, 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 okay, so I think, I think Sean is probably the pick for second if he's healthy. Marcus third again, but I don't know if Sean's healthy, and I'm starting to lean more and more toward Marcus the closer we get, only because when I had Marcus on the podcast, he does sound healthy, my friend, and he sounds very confident, and he's talking like this is the super meat, this is the meat finally where Sean had that meet and pulled off his 800 kilo. Sean, though, I didn't have a chance to have him on the podcast. Maybe he would have talked to me one other way, but I don't see. It looks like he's still injured. And him injured, I don't know if I got him on second. What are you thinking? What are you scouting? Am I wrong? 
Is, is, is Sean, does he have enough in him? Because I don't know where he's at. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know where he's at either. Uh, I know that he had an, a knee injury, and so uh, to your point, hasn't been sharing a lot of squat videos lately and putting a lot of stuff out there. The last time that I did see him squat, it was in the mid five hundreds, you know, around two hundred and forty, two hundred and fifty kilo range, something like that. And and it was for sets and reps, mind you. But uh, you know, he, he's going to need something more significant, and you know. Um, over 600 pounds, over 272 and a half kilos to, to, to kind of be relevant. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you want me to give my picks, I'm going to go ahead. I, I want to mention a couple other people uh, as well before I actually give you my picks. So you've got uh, somebody who's pretty prominent on, on the on the powerlifting and social media scene. You've got Johnny Candido uh, He's competing. He's back. I love to see it. I love to see my man Johnny. Nice guy. Yeah. Help yeah. push his sport forward. Yep, he's, he's really helped push the sport forward. I had the good fortune of helping him a little bit in South Africa at Worlds in 2014. Uh, and he just competed locally here in Maryland. Last month, he hit that 740 kilo total. So I'm not certain how much he can kind of tweeze out of that, so to speak, you know, in terms of improvement. But that's the ju- best for him ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, was, I was very yeah, happy yeah. to see that because he'd been flirting – He'd hit 701 like years ago as a junior and just yeah. could never get back. And the fact that he's gotten back to 740, very respectable number. And yeah, um, yeah sure. I think the turnaround's a little quick to expand on that. But looking to the future, I would love to see Johnny all of a sudden in the mix. You know, uh, top five at least. Like he's, he's excellent from sport. Yeah, he gets held back a little bit in the bench, but he's got a big pull, so I think he'll be relevant there in the deadlift and can kind of make some moves if some of these other guys miss. When you look at some of the other names, David Shelton and Carson Allen, they both also are kind of in a similar situation where they just hit PR totals at our regionals back here in August. So the question becomes how much improvement can they show, you know, on game day in terms of being able to tweeze out additional kilos as well. So uh, in terms of my picks, you know, talk when you talk about those top four dogs there, you know, you're talking Russell, Sean, uh, Marcus, and Jamar. I like the fact that Jamar is working with Bryce Lewis now. So he's being coached by Bryce. And I think that, that I think Bryce is going to, you know, I talked to Bryce the other day because I'll be coaching him and more on that later in the 105s when we get to that discussion. But Bryce told me that he really has been uh, enjoying working with Jamar just because he's so focused on himself and kind of has blonder, blinders on, so to speak. He, to your point, he he does have the lot number advantage. So, oh, does you know, he? Is that he, he does. I didn't know that was already established. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lot numbers have been released. That's on the public roster. So, in terms of those guys, in terms of all the guys that are kind of in the mix, um, Jamar Royster's got the highest lot number, followed by Marcus and then Noriega, and then Russell's got the lowest. I mean, so in terms of that whole squat thing, kind of going back and forth, the potential for a seven hundred plus. Squat, you know, that could come down to lot number. That'll be really interesting to see kind of when the openers get flashed up on the board, you know. Um, but I suspect also, you know, Bryce is, is smart and pragmatic, and I think that he's going to, you know, I, I know that he'll probably let the rope out a little bit with Jamar, but he also doesn't want to risk missing a big third squat, you know, if that's going to hurt him in his placing. So all that being said, uh, and I do like what Marcus has been putting out there. To your point, he's never gone nine for nine. So assuming that he can do that and this cut doesn't affect him too much because I know that he drops a lot of weight, like he said on your podcast. Uh, 
He, yeah, they, I post him and people like, dude, this dude looks like he's 220. How tall yeah. is he? He looks 220. It's incredible. Yeah. So, uh, but I've got I've got Jamar coming in third. I've got Marcus putting putting together a good meet and coming in second. Unfortunately, because of Sean's knee injury, I just don't think that you know. I think he's going to probably give up too much ground in the squat to these guys. And um, you know, he'll obviously have the biggest bench. Uh, and he and he should be relevant in the deadlift, assuming that his knee isn't bothering too much. Uh, he has been posting a couple deadlift videos that look solid. But I've got Jamar at three, Marcus at two, and I'm telling you right now, this is not even going to be close because Russell is going to knock this thing so far out of the park. Uh, I, I fully anticipate him to go 850 plus, 855-ish, maybe even 860, but definitely 850 plus if he doesn't take his foot off the gas. And if he doesn't miss, um, th- this class is not even going to be close. It's it's literally, it's Russell and then everybody else. He's elevated his game. He's taken it to another level now. Where uh, in terms of uh, you know what's out there at U.S. Nationals, it, it's 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 Russell's meet, and and then everybody else is fighting for the remaining two spots. So do you, do you think? Um, and I look at. I agree with you that I don't think anybody's going to be able to catch up to Russell, even if Russell starts missing. Even if he's yeah. like, I really want to, like, what you know, you, like, you could do it at a local meet where you're like, I, I feel like I'm going to swing for the hills, and if I miss, it's okay. It probably yep. still is because he's just that good. Um, yep. that's, that's, that's just how far ahead he is in the big picture, not just even in his weight class. Now, having said that, you might know where I'm going with this, not just in his weight class. Whoa, whoa, where, where am I going with this? Well, <laughs> we, we got our man Taylor. Who, who, Russell and Taylor, they're in the same position where their weight classes are stacked with talent, and they are so uber-talented, they're too far for their weight classes, which are talent-rich, to catch up to. But they have each other. It seems how we just did this, before we move forward, who do you think wins best lifter between those two? It's going to be between those two, I'm assuming. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, yeah, I mean, Russ has the advantage of going after Taylor. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, lifting the day after, I don't know if that's going to be on his mind. Uh, but since we don't we don't give out best lift awards at our nationals, I mean, you know, I mean, it is for bragging rights, to your point. Uh, and it is to, you know, kind of increase that street cred, if you will, going into Taylor the show. Taylor is already bragging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, now I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this. I'll go ahead and pick Taylor. Uh, in terms of in terms of the IPF score, simply because uh, Taylor doesn't miss, and so I think if you if you asked me to pick which lifter was going to miss an attempt first, I would I would say Russell would miss before Taylor, uh, and that's no disrespect to Russell whatsoever. Uh, you know he knows that I think the world of him, and uh, he's a class guy and a hell of a lifter. But I just think that Taylor is simply the most uh, He's just got a laser. He's he's laser precise, man. And uh, it's it's really it's it's almost a surprise now when Taylor goes out and misses a lift. So I suspect that Taylor will have uh, the highest IPF score. But once again, Russ has got the advantage of lifting the day after, so he could he could plot out his third deadlift to put something on the bar to say, you know what, my friend, I'm going to go ahead and take that score from you. Let's. Let, I'm going to put in numbers real quick. What do you think Taylor does in terms of a total? Uh, he's going to be over 800. For, yeah. Do you um, think 8, 805, 810? 
Yeah, you know, he, he, yeah, if he really puts his foot on the gas for that third deadlift, He's going man. To. I mean, insider information right now. Yeah. I've been talking to him, DM wise, and, and my man is piecing together a historic day. Let's talk. Let's let's go big. Let's go big for both of them. If we're estimating, I just got. I don't know if you you can't see it on the screen, but I got the IPF Wilkes calendar or sorry calculator in front of us. Let's just take a look real quick. I'm looking at it myself too. So um, what do you think? We'll say we'll say eight ten. Yeah, eight ten. Are we looking at a nine hundred Wilkes? Well, here's here's here fun fact. Let's say that Taylor weighed in at seventy four point zero on the nose, and we we both know he's he'll be a little bit under. He needs 807.5 to hit a 900 IPF score. He can do that. He can do that. Yeah, yeah. which is, so, that's, yeah. Ridiculous. So, so for history, we think it's going to be made with a 900 IPF point score. Um, I think Taylor, I, I'll say Taylor 810. Is okay. that crazy? Is that crazy? Or, or, or do you want to shoot down to 807 and a half? <sighs> maybe, just... maybe, maybe he's telling himself, you know what? Let's just do 900 exactly. Let's not get too crazy here. Let's do the first 900 IPF points total. So we'll do 807 and a half. There we go. Because that's probably his goal. Like, what's if you're think why risk two and a half kilo, which is a weird arbitrary number, 807 to 810. Who cares? But nine, the first, the first to 900 points. Everyone remembers the first. Everybody. Yep. Let's rock and roll here. He's probably, if, he didn't say this to me, but I'm thinking if he's gunning for something and he thinks I'm, I'm probably too far ahead of anyone in my weight class, I think he wants to be the first to 900. Let's do this. He wants, he does 807. That's my prediction. Now, that's what I'm thinking. Let's take a look at it. Here's, yeah, the problem is thinking? Russ needs 867 and a half. <laughs> so to, to hit a 900 uh, IPF score. So... That's another re- and I think I think eight oh seven point five is a little bit more realistic for Taylor yeah. than eight than eight sixty seven and a half is for Russ. Having said that, having yep. said that, you know I I'm not going to name drop, but I've had individuals in the know, not associated with Orhi in, in the Joey Flex camp. So there's no bias. Like obviously you're going to back your camp, who have approached me and said. I'm not kidding you. It would not shock me if Russell hit anywhere from 850 to 870. Wow. Yeah, and, that's... Well, if they can put together, if he puts together, you know, a seven, God knows what, bench, or squat, sorry, bench, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and then pulls 740, 335, if he pulls, like, if he pulls in this range, I mean, is it crazy to say 867 and a half? It could. If he's put it, it depends if he's threatened at all. If he starts missing and he's like, "All right, come dead, so let's just shore it up a little bit and, and jog home with 850." It depends on how squats go, doesn't it? it if he misses it, the third squat, things change. Yeah, it does. It depends on how the squats go. He's been called on depth occasionally. Um, I, you know, so I mean, that, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that could happen. I mean, this, you know, so uh, yeah. The, the thing is also is that Russell cuts a little bit more than Taylor does. Taylor, you know, walks around a lot closer to body weight, and that is yet another reason why he's just the total package. You know, I, I, I think. I think though, 
Russell actually, he was on the podcast. I haven't dropped the podcast yet. I'm going to. Yep. But yep. he actually hasn't been called on a Mr. Squat for death, he said, in two years. Yeah, it's, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I, this is like, you, you know when you know when you hear people say about his squats being high in the gym, um, you hear it enough times. I don't know if we're starting to make something up that telling ourselves this is a storyline, watch out for his squats and depth because it's an issue. When he pulled out a stat and he goes, look at it, if we're honestly going by stats, I haven't missed a squat due to depth in years, my friend. And then all of a sudden it's like, if that's true, I don't know, I, I don't know what's, what's possible. I think yeah, no, Taylor's, I think, I think, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm sorry. I think Taylor, I, I think you're right. Like, look, probably 807 and a half is more realistic for Taylor than 867 and a half is for Orhi. But by the SPD Invitational, I think we're starting to get closer and closer. <laughs> yeah, man. That's a, that's a whole other show right there that we're going to have to dissect. Yeah, man, yeah. Man. I, I will get to it ahead of us. You're right. <laughs> yeah. well, that's a whole other show. You're right. You're right. You're right. This will take it day by day. I'm getting ahead of myself. But um, we could have two people covering new ground. I do think, here's a prediction. I think Taylor Atwood is gunning for the 900 IPF points. He wants to be the first in history to make it, and I think he does it. And I think he establishes himself even more so as the king of powerlifting. Um, and there you have it. And he'll be your favorite because of that going into the SPD Invitational. Although, we'll see where, where he ends up. And if it's a close race, or he could be like, you know, look, at him, I'm, don't count me out just yet. But I think that's probably fair. Yeah, right on. Agreed. All right, my friend. Uh, is there anything else we should say about the 83s before we move on to the next day? No, nah, I think that's good, man. We've covered it. Yeah. Uh, when, we get, when we look at Friday, we've got the uh, women 57 and 63, followed by the men 93 on Friday. Okay. Now here, interesting. The 57s are very interesting. We're guaranteed a new national champion. Guaranteed a new national champion. That's right. 57 kilo class is always very talented, uh, as well as the 63s. And a lot of the, well, because you're guaranteed a new national champion, the previous champions have left. The previous, um, I mean, we're talking, we've had world champions coming out of the U.S. national 57 kilo classes left. Jennifer Milliken, uh, national champion, world champion, leaving. Megan Scanlon, national champion, world record breaker, um, had a world record total, by the way. Um, just got inched out of a world championship, left. So the 57-kilo class, which was land of these lionesses that are all, the resumes, super stacked, now is open for a new field. And these young ladies in this new field are thinking, hey, opportunity knocks, and I'm going to answer the door. So they want us, they want to punch the ticket to the world championships. And if you're on the U.S. national team, you know your chance. You know your, your championship, you know, potential of podium and possibly take a world title. Historically speaking, it's there for the taking. Records could be made. Uh, reputations established. My picks. And this is tough. This is tough, Gary. Because these, these young ladies, it is an open field right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going on historically what I've seen in previous nationals. I'm going on what I've seen in training videos and some gut instinct in terms of guttiness. Um, 
And it's a little bit, I, I, I'm, I'm rolling the dice with the 57s, because we don't have the established names, sometimes I'm thinking, when I look at 57, this is the class you're gonna, I'm going to roll the dice with. Yep. I'm with, let's, get, let's get crazy. Let's get crazy, the, Gary. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> I woke up crazy. I'm going to go to bed crazy. So <laughs> I'm going to take Chrissy Max Power. Okay? She's going to power up. She's going to take the 57 kilo crumb, throw. And she's going to put that on her head and carry it into Bella Bruce. Uh, Christina Paracci. Hopefully I'm not butchering your last name. Sorry. Um, yeah. she, she's working with, I believe she's working with either Bryce or his, or his outfit anyways. If not Bryce she's, she's, she's working with Eric Bodhorn, TSA. Okay, thank you. Yep. Uh, but she's working with TSA. Um, yep. Phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. Uh, made top five last year. We yep. had a bit of a shakeup. Her training has gone very well. Um, I'm, she has a confidence tour. Also, I love the way she deadlifts. Her name, uh, Max Power. She literally powers up before every deadlift. Doesn't do it for a show. That's how she takes her breath. You'll notice it now that I said it when you watch the live stream. But she <laughs> takes the breath. It opens her arms up. And it literally looks like a video game where your character is powering up. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I love it. I'm all in now. And um, she's always flexing. She's jacked up and ready to smash some weights. And I got a feeling about her. You know, sometimes you get a feeling about a lifter. I got a feeling about her. Um, I think she's gunning for the throne, and I think this year she takes it. So I'm going to take Chrissy Max Power for that. Um, now, roll into the dice again, because we're just having some fun here. Okay? This, this is the fun, this is the fun division. <laughs> I'm going with the teenage sensation. Miranda Chambers. Mm. The teen queen. Okay? Teenage sensation. Young, youthful, inner prime. Prime of a life. No worries yet. 19, do you remember when you were 19, Gary? You didn't have a worry in your life, okay? <laughs> Not a worry in your life right now. Um, and I think she's going to, I'm taking her to take second. I think she's going to make fast games because she's young. When you're 19 years old, this is fact, you could get shot in the leg the next day you wake up and it's healed. Wolverine recuperative powers these kids, okay? That's, that, when you're young like that, that's what it's like. You got Wolverine recuperative powers. I think... Um, I'm going to take her for, for second, and Brittany, I got Brittany for uh, my third. And um, I know, look, at Brittany, could, you could talk me into taking Brittany for first as well. You could talk me into a lot of things when it comes to 57, because Brittany is an absolute monster as well in there. And, and um, I am not looking past Brittany at all. I'm just rolling dice, having some fun, because I honestly believe 57 kilo is so open. Um, yep. These young ladies are very close in kilos. Very close in terms of capabilities. Uh, neither one of them yet has snagged a national title. Neither one of them yet has made it to an international competition. We don't have that dossier on them. And I usually see a lot more of you when you go into the international scene. So does everybody else. I'm not saying nothing for anything different. If I'm just going off of this, I'm going to roll the dice. And those will be my top three. Now, I did it in order of one, two, three. Usually we do three, two, one, make it a little more dramatic. You do whatever order you like, but how are your, how is your rolling of the dice going, my friend? So when we look at some of these names in here, uh, I just want to mention also Christina Lazo placed fifth last year in this weight class. Uh, and and uh, I, I'm not picking her to, to make the podium, but I just wanted to mention that. So she could be a factor. I mean, if we look at the nominated totals, they're so tight. So, Very tight, uh, man. 
Really tight. And I tell you, Kimberly Johnson. Kimberly Johnson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm glad you brought her up because she's also, you could talk to me. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you because uh, I can easily be talked into Kimberly Johnson as well. She's an experienced equip lifter. And she she has the American record in the equip bench category. And she's only done one or two raw meets. So there's not a lot out there on her. But I suspect that she's one of these girls that's uh, you know strong both ways, and I, I, I'm not picking her, but I look. I would not be the least bit surprised if Kimberly sneaks onto the podium somehow. Well, uh, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, but so here's what I'm going to do in terms of my picks. Uh, I'm not picking Chambers. She came in ninth last year. I know she's done some equipment too. She's very experienced. She might be the most experienced out of the group, actually. Miranda. Really? Uh, she, she's been doing this for a minute. But I'm going to go ahead and take Brittany Saplicki at third. Uh, I like the fact that, uh, you know, she came in eighth last year but missed some lifts. So I've got her coming in third. I've got the American record holder in the deadlift, Melissa Barber, coming in second. So Melissa is the American record holder. She's got a big deadlift. She will definitely pull last. There's no question about that. It's a big uh, yeah. It's 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 a big you know that's a big ace card to have up her sleeve. It's just you know she's never been better than seven for nine, so she's inconsistent. She came third last year. Uh, you know if she put together a nine for nine day, uh, I think that you know uh, she could conceivably win this thing. But that's why I think the coaching is really going to come into play. I love Eric Bodhorn, and uh, I'm with you. I'm picking Christina. I talked to her. I reached out to her. I'm picking Christina to win as well. Uh, oh, you know wow. and. and Yes, yeah, so oh, shake it wow. up a little bit. You know what? So you, um, you know what? Yeah, Barber definitely could make the cut. See what I did there? And take first as well. Make the cut and see the form. Yeah, okay. It took a minute, but all right, all right. It's I, not my A game. Hey, I got you. I'm not, I'm not overly proud of that one. But um, she can make the cut and easily make the podium as well. Barber, like, look at these ladies in terms of 57 kilo. If you look at the nominations, there's a cluster of these ladies very tight. When we're talking within 10 to 15 kilo and the type of games you can have, 10 to 15 kilo can be easily mitigated with one loss. Someone misses one lift and you hit one and now they're playing catch-up so they have to take risks. Well, guess what happens when you take risks? You're more likely to miss again. Now you miss two. You land another two. Things shake up. 10 to 15 kilos mitigated very quickly. Um, So I'm not overlooking anybody, but it's one of those weight classes that's very wide open. If in an open weight class... Both of us were on pace and took Christina. I don't know. We'll see. Nah, don't pressure Christina, but it's um there's something going on there, obviously. She's 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 peaking well. She's peaking well, she's in good hands, and because none of these girls have won before, because it's wide open, and because we're gonna have a new national champion, that's where I just think that that uh having a mentor in your hip pocket and having a, a, a mindful coach that knows how to play the game and the strategy is going to really, really play uh, to their advantage. And that's, that's one of the main reasons that I'm picking Chrissy. Like you said, she's peaking well, she's in top form and, uh, and she's got a distinct advantage there when it comes to the coaching. So. Yeah. I don't know all the ladies coaches, but um, yeah, I mean, it just based off of, you know, the numbers, it's going to be a tight battle. I can be swayed either which way, but there you go. There's the 57 kilo. Next, let's move into the 63s. Oh, my goodness. Now, we are talking Clash of the Titans. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know who woke the Titans up, but somebody did, and they're angry. 
Okay, you want to know why they're angry? They're coming home from Sweden, both of them saying, why do I have silver around my neck right now? Uh, the plan was for gold. They're both world-class. They're both capable of a world championship. They're both capable of being world champion. Phenomenal lifters. Um, young enough, I bet you, and, and, and let's also talk about uh, Jen Milliken. She wasn't in Sweden, but she has. Jen Milliken, oh, by the way, not only it was a world champion, but won best lifter in 2017 of all the champions, champion of champions at the world championships, let alone these other two. And I'm talking about Meg. I'm talking about Sam Calhoun, Meg Scanlon, both of them capable of winning a world title. I would be shocked if both of those young ladies retire without at some point winning a world title if they keep at it. If they keep doing what they're doing. Now, we have the perfect storm where three hurricanes are converging right now. Matt, yep. three hurricanes. We got Hurricane Jen, Hurricane Meg, and Hurricane Sam. Only one of them's gonna, well, the winds are gonna die out on the other two, and only one's gonna keep going onto the mainland and claim America. I can't wait. Dude, I, 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 <laughs> I uh, put it this way. When I was watching Meg Scanlon in the 57 kilo class, when she took the world record squat, then she took the world record bench. And mm-hmm. then with her last deadlift, she took the world record total. I yep. said, that is the greatest 57 kilo lifter we have ever seen. And I was right because it was the biggest title, the biggest total we'd ever seen 57 kilo. Then the miracle happened for Canada. Hey, that was okay. the, the moment of the championships. Maria, Maria, yeah, bless her heart. And um, she became tough, like she, now she's Canada's golden girl. And um, I don't mean you're old enough to remember the show Golden Girls. I hate of saying course. Golden Girl because it makes it sound. That's what I remember. People younger are like, what is the Golden Girls? I don't get it. Yeah. So it works. But um, she's Canada's golden girl. And uh, and then Maria by half a kilo became mm-hmm. the greatest 57 kilo lifter of all time, putting up the biggest performance we'd ever seen in 57 kilo. But those two ladies were. The two best we've ever seen in 57 kilo. Um, so when Meg comes home, she's disappointed she didn't win, but she also knows me. what me and Maria did, we'd never seen before. I think she comes back a little less roughed up mentally and a little more encouraged for the future. And um, when she decided, you know what, because i seen her backstage. We took a picture together and posted it together. And she was like, my God, I look emaciated. I look so small there. Like she, she was red. Like making 57 kilos was very difficult for her. Now she's jacked. Now she's like, you know what, I can eat appropriately to my training. And the weights she's shifting, she's shifting her top end world record 57 kilo squat for reps. She's, oh, yeah. she's taking that deadlift she missed uh, that would have won her the title for reps. She's she's a monster now, sixty three kilo, and um and and she's hungry for this. And um, now you have Sam, who also here's when when the, when the race is going to be tight, and it's going to be tight, my friend. And in the Arnold Classic, they were both sixty three kilo. Sam Sam outtotaled her. And when they meet again, the U.S. Raw Nationals, Sam will lift last. I don't know if there's ever going to be a competition where Sam doesn't lift last. She right. will say, and Sam will say, load the bar. We're not, I don't, I don't care, but Sam, but Sam, we could defend silver. You're going to lose your job as a handler. 
You know what I mean? Like, don't even say that. Don't even talk about it. She's like, if when, when, the, when the last deadlift discussion comes, she'll be like, what are we talking about? Why are you talking to me right now? Throw on, Just, what, I, throw on what I need to win. Yeah, well, I'm coaching her at nationals again. And uh, trust yeah. me, those words aren't coming out of my mouth. No, dude, dude, you're going to get a look at her face like, what? Yeah. Is this a discussion right now? Uh, Sid, do we load up the winner? Do we defend silver um, or bronze or whatever the situation is by the time we get to dance? And then we have Jen Milliken, who would be like, hey, by the way, guys, I get it. Hey, I get it. You know, Meg went to Sweden, and she bested my previous best at 57 kilo, and everyone's really high on Meg. Don't forget, I'm still Jen Milliken. I'm still a back-to-back world champion. I also, by the way, won in Calgary. I've won best lifter at the world championship. I'm Jen Milliken. So you don't have this discussion without entering my name and putting respect on my name, if you will. So, having said that, when I'm looking at these ladies, and I'm thinking about all the different scenarios, I already know your hands are tied, and you're going, I know who you're going for, and I respect that because you know what? She's going to pull last, and she's going to pull the winning, she's going to have the winning deadlift in her hands. Of course. And and I know Meg is going to be like, I've seen this story. I don't <laughs> want it to happen again. You know, you said before, look at Maria, you said Maria will have the winning lift in her hands. And Meg is telling herself, I don't want to relive Sweden. Thank you very much. It's a, a remarkable day. We both said history is great. I don't want to live that again. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking in third place. We're going to have, and this is, this, is, this is probably the deepest talent, talented podium finishes we're going to see at the World Championships, at least in the women's division. If I'm dissecting this, you were never going to see a more class podium finish between than these three ladies, I think. Agreed. So I'm going to throw that out there. I think Jen Milliken will be in the bronze medal position. Um, and, and look, she's two-time world champion. I'm going to say much more than that. Champion to champions. I think coming in second... And I've already said, yeah, she's going to be a world champion before she retires. I know this. But I think today, I'm going to pick her for second in this matchup. I think Megan's going to take the U.S. Raw Natural 63 kilo class. And I say this because um, I think uh, I think from what I've seen at her 57 kilo in Sweden, from what I've seen in the Arnold, I, she was like, I could see Sam out pulling and pulling for the ramp, obviously. Okay? Yeah. New flash. New flash. Sam's going to have the lift <clears throat> in her hands and she can take it. I just think Meg fully committed to 63 kilo. Arnold, she wasn't fully committed. She knew she had to cut the 57. She didn't fill out 63 kilo. And uh, she, I think she's 61 kilo, she said when she was on the podcast. That podcast is going to drop. And... Um, uh, now she's probably over 63 kilo and going to water cut her way down. She's full-fledged 63 kilo. I think, and, and there's something about Meg that coming into this one, um, she her takeaway from Sweden, she's riding super high. But from what I've seen in her training, I haven't seen a lot of Sam nearly as much. I was actually asking Sam, please post more because I want to repost you. I'm a huge Sam Calhoun fan. I'm not lying when I say I think she's going to be a world champion. Uh, I would be shocked if she doesn't win a world title. 
Um, I'm a huge Sam Calhoun fan because I like the way she carries herself too. She's got spunk. You know, she's got she's got the fighter's mentality. She's going out on her shield from here on out. But I, um, I'm going with, because I've seen a lot more of Meg. And from what I've seen, and I'm trying to do some mental math here, I think she's going she's gonna to have a, a good enough subtotal and her dead, which is going to be far lower than Sam's, will be enough that she has to load Sam up more than she could pull on that given day. However, having said that, this is 55-45. No, it's not 55-45. For me, <laughs> this is 51-49. When you want to talk Sam and Meg, Sam and Meg and are, are, it's like Chris and Dunsmore and Sam all over again where they're like right neck and neck. Like you remember when Kristen and Sam were, were sporting rivals and they had the same total for like three competitions in a row? It was silly. Same sure. total, three comp. When they went head to head, same total, and same one on body weight. Even when they weren't at the same place, same venue, if they if they were lifting within a few months of each other, they somehow ended up with the same total. I don't know how. It was destiny. And Chris and Dunsmore is like, enough of this, okay? I'm moving because we we need to break this. But I think honestly, these two, Megan and Sam, we're gonna. Have, I think we're gonna see something as special as Sweden was between Megan and Maria. Um, and Megan's thinking, I don't want to relive it. It being the winning deadlift is actually turns into a win for the other side. I can see it happening. I can see Sam pulling for the win. I can see Sam pulling all the way into the world championships in Belarus and becoming a world champion. And I'd be shocked if she doesn't become a world champion. But I also think Megan is going to become a world champion. And uh, I think both of these girls are, are, are class. If I got to flip a coin, I'm just going to go with what I've seen the most of. And coming away from Sweden, I was rattled with how good Megan was, and um, and was the best 57 kilo lifter we'd ever seen. Until Maria came over and it popped on half a kilo on top of that. So there's my picks, my friend. Let's hear what you guys say. So yeah, let me start by saying that that this lineup, as you said, is just like the deepest talent pool in terms of top three. I mean, that you can possibly imagine any any three of these. I mean, this is like you know a world championships essentially at at our raw nationals. It's incredible. Uh, any three of these girls uh, could walk away uh, with the with with the gold and 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 any of that. You know, the, just you can literally just cut and paste and keep switching the order around and. And I think we could all be convinced to to pick uh, each one of them for the for the national title. It's interesting because you've got you know Milliken is is by far the most well rounded. You yeah. know she's a she's a supreme squatter. She's really good in the bench and she's she's got a really good deadlift with her as well. She's, you know? she's got the best resume of the three as well. I'm not yeah yeah on. she yeah Milliken is by far the most well rounded. Uh, you know, I was quoted as saying once that she's the female version of Taylor Atwood, and I meant that. Uh, oh, wow. you know, yeah, she the hair is, she's really, really precise. Uh, she doesn't miss a lot of attempts. I fully anticipate her, uh, you know, making eight or nine of these things. I don't anticipate her her missing. Uh, Megan obviously is formidable. Uh, I mean, gigantic squat, gigantic bench. Uh, both of these girls, both Macon and Jennifer, so the current American record is 187.5 kilo. And both of them, I anticipate, uh, will will go over the American record. And as a matter of fact, while we're talking, let me go ahead and do my due diligence here 
and check lot numbers between those two. So Milliken's got the lot number advantage when it comes to that. So that'll be really interesting. I mean, I give Megan a slight advantage in the squat. She's a little bit better squatter than Milliken, but I do anticipate both of them breaking the American record. So the chips will become valuable there. You know, nobody's touching Jennifer Thompson's bench. I mean, let's face it, that thing's, you know, in a whole other galaxy. So that's safe. That record is safe. But, you know, and then, of course, it'll come down to the deadlift. I mean, it's incumbent upon Megan, like you said, of building the largest subtotal that she possibly can. You know, that's what she has to do. She's got to be six for six. And then importantly, she has to make three deadlifts. She has to make three because she's going to be pulling first. She will be finished deadlifting, you know, by the time the other two girls are going. And so, you know, she has to put together a package where she has an incredible subtotal and, like you said, puts it out of reach for both Milliken and Calhoun, who are going to be pulling after her. She has to make them feel really, really uncomfortable. Otherwise, you've got somebody like Milliken who I don't suspect is going to be too far behind its subtotal. I mean, yeah, I mean, so I, you know, I fully anticipate Scanlon to be in the the lead at subtotal, Milliken to be two, Calhoun, of course, will be three. But I'm telling you right now, and I'm coaching Sam. Sam and I have a great relationship. I've been her game day coach now, uh, you know, starting in 2017 and and ever since. Uh, And I have seen her videos. And Sam has increased, uh, you know. See, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't, that's the thing. And I've I've seen the videos. And so, I mean, I'm not going to tip my hand, but I'm telling you, uh, Sam is ready. She's fired up. She's got a bitter taste in her mouth, as you said, uh, you know, having taken silver in Sweden. And uh, and we are going to be pulling last. And clearly, uh, we're not playing for second. We're going to put on the bar, obviously, whatever we need. I mean, look, if it's in a situation where we needed, you know, something like a 250-kilo deadlift, we're not stupid. Uh, but, you know, but but it's it's not going to be that far out of reach. And so clearly, we're going we're gonna to put it on the bar. So my picks are I've got Scanlon coming in third. I've got Milliken coming in second because I believe that Jennifer uh, will be a little bit lighter than Megan. And I think that, uh, you know, and she'll be pulling after. So I like Milliken coming in second and I can't pick against my girl, Sam. Sam is, is, is focused. She's ready. Um, she's out for blood. She's loaded for bear. And I've got, I've got us putting on the bar. We need to take the victory. So, um, you know what? Um, I actually hadn't thought of how, you're 100% right. Milliken will pull after Megan. Yep. And Milliken will have that advantage. Uh, I haven't seen Milliken enough at 63 kilo to, you know, that's why. I, it's a bit of a question. All three of these women are like the world-class levels. They're all capable of a world championship. You are 100% right, though. If Me- Megan really needs to go three for three in deads, yep. in Sweden, she went two for three, and missing that last dead cost her the world title. And if she right. misses now because the other ladies, they're, they're pulling well after her, um, you know, it's, it's really going to hurt her chances. She needs to go three for three. To she, I mean, Megan's in a position where, like I said, I mean, barring some mishap, she's going to be in the lead at subtotal. And so she has to make three deadlifts, even if her final one is two and a half less than what she wants or maybe even five. She has to make it because if she misses it, she gives up too much of a deficit and she's left with her second one. Yeah. So 
there's a little bit of pressure there that she's got to go out and make that third pull to kind of pad her lead, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I, I, I can't... I, do not miss the 63 kilo class. Like, if you're only going to see a couple of these, you got to see the 63 kilo. This is the Battle of the Titans. Um, I love it. And I love that uh, Jen's coming back and we got, um, like, the 63 kilo class is, is super stacked. Now, we're, we got 25 minutes till 7 o'clock. I know you're on a bit of a time, so we'll run through this, pick up the pace a little bit. Um, yes, sir. What, what's next? So we've got, uh, let me see, I think we've got 93s that evening as well. Okay. Uh, yes, the 93 men are coupled with the 57s and 63s. So 93s are next. I'm going to throw this out there. Um, Jonathan Keiko with his 867.5, I think he hit. 863. He's a pretty solid number one pick. LS, two-time world champion. His best was 840. He's in his 40s. Still strong as hell. Like his 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 training videos, he looks super strong, no doubt. But yep. I don't see him putting on like Jonathan's a young man who I think he's early to mid twenties. His eight sixty three, he could be age seventy something. Eight like if he's added on to that since that's not a long that's not an old total. It's only a couple months old. But if he's even added a little bit on LS doing eight fifty would be huge for him. Eight sixty. But more than that, I think it's just a little too much of an ask for LS. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking Jonathan Keiko, but LS being LS, I'm, I'm going to take my man coming in second. Um, and then for third, this is a bit of a sentimental pick. Uh, you probably already know, well, I'm going to pick David, six-year-old David Rex, just because I'm a softy. <laughs> and, he, and he's Superman. He's Superman. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take David Ricks. And you know what? Having said that, like, look, look. All right, there's some, like, young guns who could post up some big totals. But if David Ricks, it's, it's not a crazy thing to say third. It's not crazy. If he can have a good day, he's yeah. 60 years old. He's 172 years old. And, and, <laughs> and, but he could still, I think if he took a bronze, I would absolutely love it. I think that'd be a phenomenal. At 60, that's phenomenal. That's probably the oldest, that's got to be the oldest podium finisher in prime time. A first 60-year-old. Ever to oh, William, yeah. uh, so I would love it, and I think he would. He, I think he's going to make history and become the first six-year-old to podium on prime time. There you have it. Yeah, Ricks is a Ricks is a fan favorite. You've got to love him. I've worked with David many times. You know, if you add up David's best lifts together, uh, you know they they total eight forty-eight. So I mean, if he could put together that 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 supreme nine for nine meet, uh, you know. Uh, I think he could be he could be relevant. He struggled, as we all know, with hitting depth in the squat at, at a lot of meets recently, and kind of blown our mind. I mean, he's he's the gamer of all gamers, right? When you push all your chips to the center of the table and he's down 0-2, you know, he's down to his last strike. You're betting on David because you're betting on him to come back because he does. You know, he delivers. Now he did bomb, I believe it was in Calgary. He bombed, he bombed in Calgary. Yeah. yeah. So so I mean, you know, um, and that was unfortunate, but. I love David. I'll be cheering for him. I don't think he's going to have enough to make it into the podium, but he's going to—he is going to show these young bucks that look, man, I'm, I'm not going anywhere, you know, and I'm and I'm going to push you guys. I've got LS coming in third. Uh, I love LS. Uh, like you said, his 840 total was back in 2017. He's inconsistent a little bit with his squat. He, you know, he kind of bottoms out a little bit, um, and I know that he's been trying to find his groove there. He's also you know, at his last couple of meets, um, undergone some pretty significant weight cuts. 
and and that's hampered him some, you know. And so I've got LS coming in third. I've got Charlie Dixon coming in second. Uh, Charlie has put together some really impressive training. Yeah. He's hit a comfortable 700 squat and deadlift in training. His bench has skyrocketed uh, just because I think he's begun to kind of fill out this weight class and kind of feel himself out, so to speak. He's hit. A, he just recently hit a 457. That's 207 and a half kilo bench in training, um, which is just amazing. And so I think, you know, look, Charlie can win this thing if Jonathan has a bad day. Uh, I'm telling you. So, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, Dick, Dixon, I'm telling you right now, I'm picking Dixon at number two. And Keiko, now remember, you know, Keiko, um, he did this at a local meet in California, that that American record and, and unofficial world record total. And, I, and I'm not saying that he can't come to nationals and show and prove and reproduce that. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, but I think there's, you know, He's gonna have a bullseye on on, on his chest, on his back, a little bit. You know, no questions, because because he's coming in as the uh, you know the strongest man in the room, so to speak, and so they're gonna be gunning for him. And it's uh, and and I am picking Jonathan to win, but I'm just telling you, if he if he slips, if he misses, um, Dixon will take it. But I've got so to wrap up, I've got McLean LS coming in third. I've got Charlie coming in second, and I've got Jonathan winning his first national title. And like you said, he he will go to Belarus if he wins. So Charlie had that injury. Um, he's strong. He's so strong. Yeah. But since his injury and, and uh, his depth on his squats, it's angle. It could be angle. It, but yeah. they they don't look super good from his videos. Now that's it's an Instagram angle video. So I yep. got no idea. It's not depth angle. Who knows? But um, I, I would I would like to see depth angle. I'm not his coach. Yeah. I'm sure he's showing his coach depth angle, the proper angles. He's showing Instagram. I mean, the guy takes his shirt off and gains ten thousand followers. They got you know. Um, so I'm sure he's. He, I, I got to think his coach is like, let me see some depth angle. Okay, we're good. You're one hundred percent right. Look, I'm I'm all over David Ricks because he's Superman, but Charlie. I haven't seen enough of him at 93 because he's, yep. he's starting to come to his own. He's just entering past that junior age um, in Calgary. It was his last junior age. He took the 83 kilo world title. I uh, didn't see him in Sweden, but um, he's coming off the injury. I'm interested in seeing what kind of day he pieces together. Yeah, I think, you know, and Charlie's well coached. Uh, he's coached by a good friend of mine, a local guy, Brad Coolyard. And Brad's got significant amount of international experience. And I guarantee you that that, that Charlie's uh, putting his squats in the pocket there because yeah. Brad Brad would be calling him out if he wasn't. Trust me. I guarantee that. And um, that's it. That's it. A coach will, will be. Yeah. If I'm thinking that, you know the coach saw the Instagram and is oh, obviously yeah. getting the depth of you. Yeah, Brad, Brad's on top of it. And Brad's Brad's gonna put together a good game plan there. And like I said, Jonathan Jonathan just needs to make his lifts. That's all. Because if he doesn't, Charlie's gonna catch him. So I'm sure Brad's like, okay, I like the Instagram. Put your shirt back on and show me the depth angle, and let's see that. <laughs> right. <laughs> se- se- separate videos going over to that's Brad. Right. That's right. That's right. Separate videos are a whole lot less sexy, but uh, right. they're getting the job done. So you know what, like. If I'm fair, um, Charlie probably is going to podium, but I'm just saying I got I got I got throw old man Superman in there. Uh, what the hell? Sentimental favorite. Although I do love Charlie as well. I had Charlie on the podcast. The guy you couldn't have a nicer guy. Hardworking. Um, yep. and, and the door is always open to have him back. So what's next, my friend? 
So when we go to Saturday, we've got uh, the men's 105, which is just going to be off the charts, and we've got the women uh, 72s and 84s. Okay. So the 105s. Yep. Here's what I'm thinking. We all know Bryce Lewis's return. The king has returned. Okay. Um, throughout the kingdom, everybody's talking about it. Took Stepped away for a minute. Wanted to collect his thoughts, work on a few things, tinker around a little bit. He's looking absolute dynamite in training. Um, he's won national titles. He's won world titles. He's pulled off huge upsets. He's been in the mix when it comes to the big showdowns. He is not unaccustomed to dealing with the pressure. He's not unaccustomed to going all the way to the world title and winning. He's not unaccustomed to this. Um, and... Uh, it's still humble, nice, nice, as nice a guy as you're going to meet. And then we have Ashton Ruska, who has all the potential of becoming the Russell Orhe of a division, if you will. If mm -hmm. he decided, like he seems to be, the type of weight he's shifting in the gym, I don't even know what to say about it. It's like, yeah, he, it's, it's like he could win a world title any weekend. It's mind-blowing. It, uh, he, he literally does a squat dead bench day once a week, and all of them, it seems like he's winning national titles every weekend. Like, I don't know what he's yeah. in fact for, but my man is always peaked. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, so Ashton, Ashton uh, moved from, from Texas up to uh, my neck of the woods, actually. He's working uh, in Bethesda, uh, you know, because he's in the military. So he's up here uh, near NIH. And so he didn't come to train at our facility, but he's been training at a local facility. And I know that jokingly in jest, like you said, he pretty much does an SPD day once per week on Saturdays, and he and he kind of dubs it the Ashton Rushka Invitational. And so he, <laughs> he he says, "Look, man, I need spotters, and I need I need help, and I need people to kind of watch." So uh, so yeah, it's kind of funny. He puts together, like you said, he almost does uh, in his training. It's not every single week, but a lot of weeks he'll do an SPD day and 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 kind of you know test his metal, so to speak. So it's been kind of fun watching that happen. What do you think in terms of here? I'm, I'm going to let you go first for the 105. Yes, I'll, I'll happily pick first. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention, I'm actually going to go ahead and give a little shine to just about everybody here, all the guys in prime time. So um, looking at Colin Whitney, Colin Whitney's a buddy of mine. Uh, he's from Pennsylvania. He placed ninth last year. Colin's a really consistent lifter. Uh, I think he went eight for nine at Nationals last year. Fully anticipate him to improve. On, on that total that we see there. Not going to be enough, obviously, to break into the top three because this is like a murderer's row. Like you said, this is going to be like a world championships as well with these uh, with these heavyweights throwing punches up top. Uh, we've got Chad Schroeder. He played six last year, nine for nine, good lifter. Again, don't see him breaking into the, to the top three. Uh, might be able to get into top five. Um, but And then we've got Darrington Wright, who's a beefed up 93. He's only done one meet at 105. Uh, I know he used to be coached by TSA, uh, good quality lifter, uh, could make some noise and potentially break into top five. Of course, we've got David Wilson, who was, uh, you know, the 93 champ last year, unseated, uh, or I shouldn't say, well, yeah, he actually did unseat uh, uh, Ashton Rushka because Ashton won in, yeah, Ashton won in 2017 in Orlando on his last poll. Uh, he beat LS, and then of course David last last year in Spokane put together a super meet. Uh, went nine for nine. Ashton had some trouble with squat depth. 
and David beat him. Now, David just recently, I think everybody knows, has had an adductor injury. Yes, and it was bad. About, it looked bad. Yeah, now he's, he's, I think, further, I mean, I tell you, he's put together some videos, and David is in a really good place mentally, man. I tell you what, he's got the, he's got the right attitude. Uh, I really like his mindset right now. Uh, he's not 100% back, but I think he's a lot further along than he thought he would be. Um, I do think, obviously, that that adductor injury is going to hamper him. He could make some noise with that big deadlift, but I don't see him being able to do as much damage. Now, look, if he was coming in 100%, different. then maybe he th- – Yeah, different story, di- you know, different scenario. With that big deadlift, I could see him kind of pulling into the conversation there for those top few spots. We've got Gregory Johnson, primarily an equip lifter, um, super strong, super strong, uh, could have the biggest deadlift, a little inconsistent, so I don't see him breaking into podium. We've got Mikey Davis, who came in third last year. He just recently hit a 675 uh, squat and training. And he's a young yeah. dude, too. His gains yeah. are going to be quick because he's young, man. His gains are going to be quick. He's young. Yep, yep. you got Ben Rice, also notable. He plays fourth last year. I think he was kind of hurt last year because he only he, he missed two squats. You know, he gives up so much ground in the bench press. He kind of bookends his total there with huge squat, huge deadlift, but he's one of the lower benchers there in the group. Um, and I'm telling you right now, so I'm going to go ahead and give you my picks, and I'll give them in reverse order. I've got Joseph Amendola coming in third, okay? Now, let me tell you about Joseph. He, he, he used to train at our facility and just recently moved to Jacksonville. He came in fifth last year. He is the world record holder in the bench press. He went to Japan and competed as a 105, okay? And the American record is 253. I'm telling you right now, his opener will be more than anybody else finishes with. He just recently doubled 260 in training. Doubled it. Okay, for a pause. So we're we're looking at 260 potentially being a second attempt for him, uh, which is above the American record. Like I said, he's got the American record at 253, so he's going he's gonna to make some noise. And he was injured at the Arnold and kind of dinged up a little bit at Raw Nationals last year. So I fully anticipate him to his, – his, all of his numbers are going to come up. His squat and his deadlift, I mean, he's nominated there with an 845 and a half. Uh, I fully anticipate that number to be significantly higher. So I've got Joseph coming in third. Of course – I'm coaching, you know, it's it's really no disrespect to anybody else, but this is a fight that's between Ashton and Bryce. And so I think we all know that. And Ashton, with the videos that he's put out, with the totals that he has out there, um, having having hit a 2,000-pound, uh, you know, total and so forth, uh, everybody knows that when he walks into the room that he's the strongest guy in the room. I think, you know, everybody understands that. He's also going to be the lightest. I mean, by far. Like, by far. So he's, like you said, he's a water cut away from getting back down to 93. Yeah. Right? And, and he's, he's consistently squatting and training in the low sevens, uh, deadlifting in the high sevens, and benching in the mid fours. The question is going to be, is he well-rounded enough, and, uh, and I, sh- I should say consistent enough, to put together a package where, where Bryce, you know, who doesn't miss, who is extremely well-rounded, who's going to make up some ground – there in the bench press, you know, Ashton will out squat Bryce, but Bryce will out bench Ashton by probably a similar amount. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and then it's going to come down to the deadlift. And, and I'm coaching Bryce, 
and I've seen his videos, and he hasn't put everything out there. Obviously, he's ah, he's one yeah. of those guys. But but I'm te- but I'm telling you now, Bry- Bryce is ready. He's in a great pr- place mentally. He's in top form. Both of these guys, Ashton and Bryce, are going over two thousand pounds, unquestionably. Both of these guys are going to total over nine hundred and seven and a half kilos because nine hundred seven and a half, I think, is the marker for uh, for the two thousand pound total. Yeah, both of these guys are going into the two thousands. So. It's insane. I've got, uh, you know, and I'm not going to pick against Bryce because I'm coaching him. And um, uh, so I've got Ashton coming in second, and I've got Bryce coming back and reclaiming his title at number one. So Joseph Amendola, number three, Ashton, number two, and Bryce taking the taking the title. So, um, yeah, 100%. Bryce is, uh, he is Mr. Consistency for a reason. Um, not only is he consistent with the, all three lifts in terms of, yeah, some people are specialists in certain lifts. Um, and he's consistent across all three. He'll medal yep. at the worlds across all three. He he's never getting drastically outlifted by anybody in yep. all three. So consistent, as well as attempt selection. He's got individuals like yourself helping him out, but he very rarely misses. He pieces together a day. That's how we won titles all the way up to a world title, piecing together the best possible day. Mm-hmm. Um, so. He literally is Mr. Consistency, and um, it helps him out in a lot of battles. In this situation, for number three, I'm going to take Mikey D. I think the young man is, um, he's young, he's strong, and he's only getting stronger. I'm mm-hmm. going to go with Mikey D. Uh, for number two, I'm going to go with Bryce Lewis. Okay. And it will not be from handling. <laughs> <laughs> It'll not be handling. Yeah, touche. He will go nine for nine. Right on. But I think Ashton is. Um, he, he if he puts together the day he's capable, he could be like an Atwood or he type individual. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think he's in the proper weight class, and that's not crazy to say. The guy is literally a water cut away from ninety three. Still, he's way small for one hundred five. Um, but I think I just. I think he's a special, special talent. Obviously, Bryce is a special talent as well. The guy's a world champion. He doesn't need to hear this from me. He's a, he's a world champion. But I think Ashton, if he puts together a day that he's capable of, however, he's a little wild, man. I don't. It's crazy doing Ashton invitationals every week. I don't know how I feel about that. How does that lead to peaking? And how do you? I haven't seen this before in terms of you know. And then at the national level, and and in other competitions, U.S. Open, whatever, we've seen. Him winning, and then we've seen him bombing out at U.S. Open, and then we saw him like we seen him get upset by David Wilson. Uh, David and Goliath match happened, and David won. And um, so it's tough. Ashton is that guy that it's like, my man, give me some. I, he's not Mr. Consistency. Put it that way. Bryce Lewis is Mr. Consistency. Ashton is the opposite. Ashton, you don't know what you got. I'm just gonna roll the dice and say that day I think we're gonna get 100 from Ashton. If he's anything less, Mr. Consistency is carving out a hell of a career beating guys just like that, isn't he? You don't want to come in wild against Bryce Lewis because you can't miss. Because guess what? Bryce isn't. You know, there's a reason. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and I fully anticipate. I mean, look, I, Ashton, 
is like you said, man, he's just off the charts right now. I mean, his, the numbers he's putting up in training are just incredible. So, I mean, I, 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 I want, we want him to bring his best. I mean, look, man, high tide raises all boats, right? Yeah. So, you know, bring it. I mean, I, I hope all these lifters bring their A game because it just makes it more fun and it's just going to make it, you know, better in the back come time to deadlift. So 100%. Okay. So we're getting tight on time. Running down. We got seven minutes. We're, we'll rip through. I, I'll give you an extra. I always, I always get five out of you. I always get five out of you. We've been yeah. here enough times. Whenever we start rocking and rolling, Matt always goes, ah, five, six, seven more weeks. Seven more weeks. Okay. So what's, what's the next weight class? Sir? So we've got the 72s where we're guaranteed a new national champion as well. So let's talk about the 72s. Okay. So. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you do a little bit of scouting on it. We'll do relatively yeah. quickly because I know you're pressed for time. But I think we're uh, um, for myself, uh, Chloe Dublin, who yep. freaking yesterday was a teenager. This is crazy. She's 20 years old. You know, not literally yesterday. She's a teenager. But you get what I'm saying. And the number she's posting up. Nine was a 519. It's insane the talent that Chloe Dublin has. Again, podcast dropping for her as well. I got so many podcasts in the hopper, Gary. Um, this week's going to be crazy dropping them all. But Chloe Dublin is so talented, an individual. I think she's going to put together. She's 20 years old at, at 519. You're looking at what like a winning in the open is like Kimberly Walford. It's not that crazy far off at 20. What's she doing by 25, 26, 30 years old? Some of these people are peaking in their early thirties. Sky is the limit for Chloe Dublin. I think we're going to see her win her first open national title at these U S raw nationals. Um, what say you, sir? Agreed. Yeah. I think, I think Chloe, uh, she's coming in with the highest nominated total. She's got international experience. I've got, yeah, I've got Chloe coming in first, uh, kind of looking at some of these other girls. Ellen Liverpool is uh, nice to see her in prime time. She used to train at our facility at SSPT. Uh, she's been kind of dinged up lately. She moved into the Midwest. She's been doing the bulk of her training out there. I believe it's in St. Louis. Um, she's battling through some injuries, coming back. I'm looking for Ellen to have a good meet. I don't know if she can crack into the podium. If she was 100%, she gives up a lot of ground in the bench. You know, she's a good squatter, good deadlifter, but gives up a lot of ground in the bench. If she was 100%, then I might be inclined for her to sneak in, sneak in the third. But I've got Jasmine Penn, who competed at 63 last year and moved up a weight class. Her training has been absolutely on fire. Uh, you know, that 175 squat for her, she's she's already done over 400 in training. And so, oh wow, yeah, yeah. So she's already done over over 400 in training, and it looks smooth. I mean, it looked like she had more in the tank. So I've got I've got Jasmine coming in second there, and then I'm picking Jordan Davis to take third. Uh, her her qualifying total was from the Arnold, and that was with two missed lifts. So she does have room for more, uh, and she's got a big deadlift. So you could really convince me to flip flop Jordan and Jasmine, but I'm going to go ahead and roll with Jasmine at number two and Jordan Davis at three. All right, so I actually had Jordan second and Jasmine third, but okay, I, didn't, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know like as much. I didn't know Jasmine was hitting what she was hitting in training. Here's the thing: like you can only scout so much, and um, and you might sure. just convince me to flip flop because I didn't know she's posting up squats like that. Like some of these girls, it's tough to call, right? Um, yep. But you know, just to be devil's advocate, I'll keep Jordan and Jasmine, and uh, what the heck, you know, split, yeah, the, split awesome. the difference. If so to speak, right? But either way, I think we're we're all on the same page in terms of the podium. 
Um, Chloe is probably pretty secure uh, at barring something crazy. And I think she's got a world of potential in terms of the future. And um, I know she wants to get a little get back with Jessica Bittner, who, who is a, a bit of a sporting rival. The yep. Canada-U.S. relations are breaking down there in the 72-kilo class. Um, and I think they're going to be – they're both close in age, both won junior titles. And um, I think Chloe is like a sub-junior, but uh, and she's only 20 years old, so she's got more years left as a junior, which is crazy to think about. But mm -hmm. I think those two are going to have some phenomenal battles moving forward in the 72-kilo class, as long as Jessica can keep making 72-kilo. Uh, but anyways, let's not make it about Jessica – uh, what's the next weight class, sir? Next weight class will be the 84s. 84 84, so yep. here it is. I'm not entirely sure our friend Daniela Mello was showing up to this party. That's, yeah, there's been some rumors circulating. I'm not entirely sure she checked out. I'm not entirely sure she checked in. I haven't put her on the spot to ask, and I'm not going yeah. to. I'm not going to. Um, so... I don't know what to say. Uh, in terms of my pick, should we just make our picks like as if she's showing up? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll give you my picks if you should. Yeah, both, I'll give you both versions because okay. I've because I've done my research on some of the other girls too. Right. Me, why, why don't I go first? Sure, of that. sure. Is that cool? So let me get so. Alicia Webb has done some equip lifting. Uh, she was on the national team, competed at the uh, 2016 Raw Worlds. You, uh, she's a master's lifter. She's strong. Um, got a, got a decent sized bench there. Misses a lot of her third benches, so it's you know that's a critical lift there where you got to kind of hold serve to bridge your total. Don't think Alicia is going to have enough to compete with these younger girls in terms of cracking into the podium. I want to give a shout out to Ayla Thurston. I don't know if you remember Ayla. I think you may have done the live stream for her in Sweden. She competed in Sweden. She won the juniors. Okay. And she went nine for nine. Let me tell you something. I, I don't think I've seen in a long time as polished and a professional lifter as, as Ayla. She came out on the platform like and absolutely owned it. I mean, you, you'd have thought she'd have been competing for, for 20 years. Absolutely polished. Every single attempt was was textbook form and, and precise. And she's been making some significant strength gains. I've got her and Catherine uh, Ducati there. I mean, you can, you can flip a coin in terms of third place. I could be convinced that Ayla could come in, could come in third. I'm picking Catherine as my third place finisher. Um, she just recently hit 200 kilos. That's, that's her best squat. She just recently hit that for a triple in training. She just, she just took a PR for a triple okay. and is only – and it's only about a kilo over body weight when she did that. So I was like, that just blew my mind. So I've got Catherine coming in third, and that's assuming that, that Amanda and Danielle both show up, right? Because, I mean, we all know that it's going to come down between those two. Um, to your point, Danielle really has gone kind of uh, radio silent, so to speak, and hasn't put anything out there. Um, and because of that, and, 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 you know, like you said, there's been some talk uh, kind of swirling that maybe she's not coming. None of us knows. Um, I'm assuming that she's going to come. I'm going to pick Danielle a second. Um, I think Amanda's um, rate of adaptation right now is just higher than Danielle's. I just think that she's getting stronger faster. I think that the two of them are neck and neck. I think Daniela's probably a little bit more consistent. I think Daniela, if you match up their their attempts, you know, and go attempt for attempt, I think Daniela's inclined to make more attempts than Amanda is, or than Amanda does. 
Um, and I know that it came down to body weight at, at the end at Worlds and all that that sort of thing. And Amanda, you know, was able to pull out the win there. Um, so I would go Daniela two and just Amanda number one. Um, Amanda's looking strong. She's looking crazy strong, just like she always does. Um, I know that she's got to cut some weight too. So I don't know that she's going to be able to reproduce some of the stuff that we've seen in training. I still don't think she's there yet for a 600 squat. Um, I have no question in my mind that she will squat 600 pounds. Um, it's not, you know, 272 and a half. I don't believe it's going to happen at this meet. Uh, she's not there quite yet. Um, and I think she'll pull 600 eventually. I don't think that's quite there just yet. Um, but that's how my picks would go. I would take Catherine at three, Mello at two, Lawrence at one. Um, if Mello doesn't show up, then I've got Thurston at, Ayla Thurston at three, uh, Catherine Ducati at two, and then, of course, Amanda in first. I'm going to echo I have the exact same picks as you. Yeah. And I also think, um, essentially, if Daniela was going to get another win over Lawrence, it would have been in Sweden. It was a time because I think Lawrence is progressing. They're both progressing, but I think Lawrence is progressing at a rate that very few are in powerlifting, period. Yep. Um, not just uh, comparative to Mello, but like just period in general. Her, her rate of adaptation is phenomenal. I yep. think that was the time to get the W. That was the last opportunity, so to speak, because... Um, moving ahead, she's going to get tougher and tougher. Her, I agree. She's going to squat six. She's going to dead six. You can see these numbers coming. Um, yep. So I think I'm exact same picks with both scenarios. Uh, so to yeah, and I think I, I think also just um, uh, you know to to look back at so you have this weight class, and again, assuming that Mello comes, you've got Amanda and Daniello, um, the, the the loser, the, and I. <laughs> I, it's funny just saying that, right? I mean, the person who places second, my there God, you go. they're, there you go. They're, both, they're both world champions. The yep. person who comes in second uh, will be, uh, I would suspect, you know, uh, be the first alternate because we go by Carpino's score, you know, and her IPF score is going to be so high, uh, whoever comes in second, that they would be the first alternate. And if they're not the first alternate, you'd be looking at whoever doesn't win the 63s. You know what I mean? So you've got all, our alternate pool for our, for our women's national team is going to uh, – our highest-ranked alternates are going to be coming out of those two weight classes, the 63s and the 84s, unquestionably. So, you know, again, you can have a situation, and when we don't know how it's all going to shake out with going to Belarus and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, uh, that's a long trip. It's expensive. It's, uh, you know – a foreign country, tough to get into with visas, like we had those issues last year, you know, last time with Atwood and all that sort of thing. So who knows who is going to say yes and who's going to say no. That could open the doors for some other women uh, to get on the team. But make no mistake about it, the highest ranked alternates will be coming out of those two weight classes. Yeah. The, 60, the 63s and the 84s. Man, that is an amazing one-two punch. Can you imagine coming to, into battle with Amanda and Daniela once again? Like, that's yeah. a hell of a one-two punch for the U.S. Or Megan Scanlon and Sam Calhoun. That's an amazing one-two punch. Or Jen, or Jen Milliken, Milliken, any of them. Yeah. Jen Milliken yeah. and Meg Scanlon. Or Jen Milliken and Sam. Um, is there another possibility? No, that's it. <laughs> you got to make sure you hit them all. Like, the one-two punches that can be coming through over there is uh, is phenomenal. Um, okay, so we're pressed for time. What was uh, What's up next, my friend? So then we've got the last day. We've got the 84 pluses. I think everybody in America knows how, how that's going to end. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you got the bigger guys. So I think we should start with the 84 pluses. Just, um, we can just bang, look at it. Yeah, we can bang. We, we know Bonica, Bonica, yeah. Bonica Brown has got this. Right. 
Exactly. She's she's got it wrapped up, and then it's really going to come down to Sarah Brenner and Mahalia Reeves. Uh, the two of them, they, they've got the same nominated total. They're coming in with a six ten kilo nomination. Oh, wow. I'm, yeah, and I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna pick Sarah at number two because she's got the world record in the deadlift, uh, which she just recently did at uh, NAPFs, and so she's gonna pull last. And so I'm just led to believe that if it comes down between her and Mahalia, they're going to be battling it out for for that second place spot. That Sarah's going to pull last, and she's going to put on the bar whenever she needs. So I've got Sarah at two and Mahalia at three. You know, I think your Instagram handle is Sarah Squats, and it should be Sarah Deads by now. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's got the world record dead, and she's a hell of a deadlifter. Hell of a deadlifter. Um, yeah, one hell of a dead. And and whenever's a battle that close, and they're coming in with the exact same nomination. I will always lean towards who's pulling last because you're just going to chip it. And you're just going to be like, let me just do exactly what, load the bar with the win um, or, or, or silver medal, so to speak, in this, in this situation. I think there you have it pretty much would be the podium finish. Um, the more likely scenarios anyways with those given. Now, should we skip along too because we're already past the five minutes? We're, gonna, we're going on to your six and seven minute. Is there anybody want to throw out there? Yeah. Uh... For 84 plus, no, I mean, that's, okay. that's pretty much the show. Yeah, okay. for the, the, I think that's going to be your podium right there. Okay. So we'll do yeah. 120 and 120 plus real quick then. We'll bang these yep. out quick, yeah. my friend. Uh, for yep. 120, look, at for both of these, I think that the leader in terms of both those divisions is fairly fairly clear with we have men who are creating dynasties in their eras. Um, Dennis Cornelius is an absolute phenom at 120. And Ray Williams is at 120 plus. I need not say much. Um, you got to be living under a rock in a cave in Antarctica to not know both these guys are the kingpins at 120, 120 plus in terms of their resumes in the classic division. Uh, nobody's got the resumes that either of these gentlemen have. They are my picks. Um, who are we looking at in terms of 120 plus? I see a, a Trevor Thomas is a young kid coming in there. Um, I mean, we got for the 120 plus. Like, is there any, who are some names you're thinking we should keep some eyes on? They're not likely to win it, but they're going to have they're going to have a big a bit of a coming out party for the rest who are watching. So we're doing so we're doing 120s or the or the heavyweights first. What do you want to uh, do first? Let's do 120s. Let's do 120s. Okay, so I'll, and I'll give you a little bit of shine on all these guys. So I'll I'll, I'll stay an extra five minutes and give you. All a, right, okay, we got you. We got you. You got a rubber yeah. arm, sir. Yeah, so so looking, so you've got uh, one, two, three. You got seven guys in the one twenties, and we've got seven, I think, in the one twenty pluses. So looking at the one twenties, um, just looking through, there's some lifters that you may not be familiar with. Um, CJ, I, I lift. Uh, looking at his his stuff, this guy's never missed a squat. So and talking, about, which is pretty cool. You know, he's super consistent. He came in tenth last year, and so now he's he's breaking into prime time. Obviously, not going to have enough. Uh, to make the podium, but really cool that he's consistent. And congratulations on coming to the party in prime time. Ryan Stills is a three-time Masters World Champion. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you've commented on him. Yes, uh, super strong guy yes. uh, out of out of Oregon, the Pacific Northwest. Looks like a lumberjack. Comes out there. He's got a huge deadlift. He can pull, um, you know, right around close to 800 pounds. I think his best deadlift is 360 kilos at 793. Um, a little inconsistent. He's missed his last three, his third deadlifts and his last three meets. But Ryan could, you know, could could make a splash if he put together uh, a performance. Uh, Tristan Nasalrod is a local guy here from Maryland. He's trained at our facility a couple of times, and he's coached by one of our coaches. He's dinged up right now with an injured shoulder. Otherwise, 
um, and this is Tristan's first prime time as well. Um, I would be looking for Tristan to kind of make a move to possibly sneak into like fourth or maybe even third, but with that dinged up shoulder, I just don't think it's going to be possible. Um, of course, we've got the 55 year old legend Tony Harris. Man, you you get you got you know he's on he's on the level with Dave Ricks. You know, at one time he held the open world record in the squat there for a minute before Dennis took it back. And so I mean, you've got you know Tony's kind of I think the fan favorite in this weight class, just like Dave is in the 93s. Um, and he's, you know, he's just a legend in the game. You got to love him. You know, he's, he's, he's hanging around and making it harder for these younger guys. But I've got Nathan coming in third. So Nathan Alexander, his, P, his PR total, which is his nominated total, only came on five attempts. He missed four lifts when he got that total. So I, I, I got at, and he only makes 8% of his, of his third deadlifts. I did some research on this guy. He's only makes 8%. So yeah. You know, they, they say, they say um, I don't trust words. I even question <laughs> actions, but I never I never doubt patterns. My friend, a pattern is emergent. You got to rethink your third attempt. So, yeah, so I'm really, so I'm looking for Nathan. Look, I think, I think Nathan is going to put together a little bit better package. I think he's going to make more than five lifts. Um, uh, let's hope that he improves on his consistency a little bit. I've got him coming third. I've got Jared Martin coming in second. The last meet that he did was Raw Nationals last year. Uh, so, you know, he competed at 2015 Worlds. He was uh, in the 120s with Mike Tushier in Finland, at IPF World, Raw Worlds in Finland. Um, so he's no stranger to international competition. I've got him coming in second. And, of course, obviously I've got Dennis Cornelius coming in first. Uh, it's really exciting. Um, my wife and I are going to be coaching Dennis uh, along with Ray, and it's really exciting to see him coming back. You know, he's coming back from a neck injury and coming back from uh, a little bit of a hiatus from USAPL competition. I talked to Dennis yesterday on the phone, and we were putting together his game plan, and I was ta I talked to Dennis for about 45 minutes. He is ecstatic, uh, looking forward to coming back to the USAPL and looking to do some damage. Um, been keeping his weight down with his cross training with the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so, so, which is really nice. So he's not going to have as significant of a weight cut. He's been waking up in the morning at like 122.5, so we're talking a pretty easy you know, water, uh, water loading scenario there. Uh, I don't want to give out his numbers, but I'm just telling you this, and he's made this very clear. He wants to be the lightest man to have squatted 400 kilos, Whew. and he wants to be the lightest man to have totaled 1,000. Both of those are on the table for this meet. It's possible. Now, he's going to have to be flawless, uh, absolutely flawless. But those are on the table. Those are both distinct possibilities. I'm not saying that it's going to happen because it's because lots of times, and I love Dennis, we need to encourage him because he'll come off the platform and kind of look at Susie and look at myself and be like, how did that look? I, I don't know. It felt heavy. And we're like, Dennis, you crushed it, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's one of those lifters that kind of needs that encouragement. Um, the, I'm, again, not saying that those are going to happen, but he will break his American record total, uh, which is the world record total, which is 978 and a half. I fully suspect him to break the squat. I do suspect him to break the bench uh, and, and the total. So I, I think that three American records are going to fall. The deadlift is well out of reach. Uh, he, he, he's not as strong as a deadlifter. But so 
it's quite possible that if he puts together a super meet, he could hit the thousand. That's going to take a 400 kilo squat. Um, I think we're going to try our best to put him in position to put that on the bar, but it's all going to come down to see how that second one looks. But I do suspect that he's going to break the American record uh, squat, uh, bench, and total. And so that's that's who I'm picking for the 120s. I've got Nathan Alexander at number three, Jared Martin number two, and Dennis Cornelius uh, reclaiming his throne at number one. Couple things. So I got the same podium. I'm gonna take Alexander, Nathan Alexander, in second. So I'll share okay. those uh, second and third. Um, I thought I thought Cornelius hit a thousand kilo total. Did he not? He he did, but he was at a heavier body weight. He weighed about one. What did he weigh? Maybe one thirty-two kilos when he did it. Yeah, so he was. He was. He, he wasn't. He wasn't a one twenty. Gotcha. So he is the lightest man to hit. He wants to be the first one twenty. Is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm sorry. He wants to be the first 120, and he has, you know, a lot of people have been asking. He's already squatted 900 pounds, and he's done that, but again, he wasn't 120. So, yeah, yeah, that's the key. All right, and another thing, uh, little background story, I'll I'll be real quick. Nathan Alexander coming back from a broken back. He literally had a broken back in training. Um, The footage is on Instagram if you want to see it. It happened in a squat. He shows the squat that broke his back. As well as the X-ray, like legitimately broken, coming back. What a remarkable story! If he could podium at the prime time, and um, who knows what shakes up. So um, yeah, and, and also uh, Ryan Stills and Tony Harris in Sweden. I believe Harris was actually handling uh, him to break his world record total. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. But I think he was encouraging and handling him to do so. Um, but again, as you had said. He's um, got a bit of a streak going without being able to hit that last deadlift. And that last deadlift would have gotten him the world record M1 total. And that last deadlift just wasn't meant to be on that given day. But he's still in the hunt. And I know he can't do a world record at the U.S. World Nationals. But he would love to do some damage at the U.S. World Nationals. Head to Belarus if possible. And seal the deal and take Tony's uh, world record total. Now, coming into the 120 pluses, just a little background, some of those guys. Coming to 120 pluses, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to pick Ray. Um, <laughs> and I, th- it's going to be interesting because Ray has been somewhat radio silent yep. um, in terms of his lifts. Uh, but uh, Ray doesn't need to, and this is no disrespect to any of these other gentlemen, he doesn't, need, he, he doesn't need to come in and light the world on fire to take this U.S. Raw Nationals. Um, so if he's got stuff going on in his life, and life you know, comes up sometimes and he's, he's focusing on some other things. Like he may or may not have to, I don't know what his training's like. You do. I um, do. You do for sure. But, uh, you know, so I don't know how much you can let in terms of letting the cat out the bag. If we're going to yeah. like, he's going to win and he's going to go to the SPD invitational raw world. Like we don't know the numbers. We don't know who's going to SPD invitational. We can only assume we're just going to throw us out here. Let's, let's prophesize. He's going to do the big meets and he's probably going to come, and he's going to set the world on fire. Are you able to say what to expect at U.S. Raw Nationals, or is it yeah, seven yeah. a week? Well, yeah, I'll give you a little bit of information, and I'll, let's go ahead, and I'm, I'm going to work from the bottom up. Do again. it, do it. Okay, do so it. I, think that, I, think there's four, I think there's four people on this list that we've got to uh, keep our eye on. Um, Trey uh, Roberson uh, is, is, is going to be relevant. I've got him, I've got Trey coming in third. Okay, and the only reason that I've got him coming in third, and this is no disrespect to Trey, is because Jason Mike is dealing with some injuries. Um, Jason, I would ordinarily pick 
coming in second. You know, I think we all know that he tried to get down to 120. Yeah. Uh, he made it. He made it very clear that he had every intention of cutting all the way down to 120. Jason did come really, really close, but I think he got down to the last few kilos and was just like, man, my strength has gone, you know, gone in the tank and just literally gone in the gutter. Uh, so he'll, he, you know, he's trying, and, and I think he just kind of abandoned ship, but he's dealing with some injuries. He just gave up to cutting down to 120. He'll be the lightest guy there. I mean, in terms of the one 120 pluses, he's you know he's trying to put some weight back on. He'll still have the biggest bench just because he's an extraordinary bencher. Phenomenal bench. Phenomenal bencher. So I mean, no no question, he's going to have the highest bench. Uh, he's not. I don't see him being able to duplicate his uh, his American record, which is 281 kilos. I don't, I don't see him being able to do that. But he will have the highest bench, and only because he's injured. Am I not? picking him to be on the podium. Uh, otherwise, I would be picking Jason. But I've got Trey uh, Roberson coming in third, and I've got Trevor Thomas. Um, he's a 25-year-old big kid, man. He's got a big bench on, him, on himself as well. Um, and he's put on 12 and a half kilos of body weight. He stood at 32. Yeah. Yeah. Since, since his last meet. He, so he's seen some rapid increases on his total. Um and, and like I said, has put on a significant amount of body weight. So I, I expect Trevor to come in second place, um, which is really cool. You know what I mean? Getting into prime time and, uh, and, and, and coming in second uh, basically to, to the king. And so when you talk about Ray, obviously, you know, the last uh, taste that he had in his mouth was a bad one. You know, it was the situation that we ran into uh, in Sweden where, you know, uh, ca catastrophe happened and he bombed out. And um, so we've been trying to, uh, you know, we, 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 we've swallowed that. We've chewed on it for a while. And, uh, and, and now it's time for him to try to get the bad taste out of his mouth. Mm. Um, this is a really tough time of year, the fall. For, and I'm not making excuses. I'm just keeping it real. For Ray, the summers and the fall are really tough. Ray is a football coach down in Mississippi. Yeah. And so he's out on the field day in and day out, was out during the summer practices in August. It's really, really difficult for Ray to keep his body weight up. I mean, it's a struggle. You know, the, the, the lighter lifters struggle with the cutting. And with Ray and these supers, it's really hard to keep his body weight up. So through the fall, we really struggle to keep the weight packed on him because he's outdoors all day long coaching these football players and so forth. And furthermore, in addition to, 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 to the football coaching throughout the fall, he just recently got married. So congratulations. He's newlywed. That's he's, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, and he went on his honeymoon during this prep. So, so we lost a little bit of time there. He's also uh, coming up on completing his doctorate in December, in addition to having to welcoming another baby in December. So, so this, there's a lot of life going on right now. Yeah. A lot of life, and and that's look again. Every single person coming into raw nationals, all thirteen hundred plus. Everybody's got their own life story and their own life context. Nobody is getting paid here to lift weights, you know. Nobody is getting is not is, yet. Is getting, you, not not yet. yet. Right, right. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. We'll talk I mean, about that later. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 landscape could change, but um, but nobody is getting paid to just go in there and sling weights. So everybody comes in with their own story and their own context, and that's just to say that this is this is his current story. So we don't look to light the world the world on fire at Raw Nationals. We are going in to secure the W so that he can secure the national team berth. We want to go nine for nine. We want to make every single lift we possibly can. Um, I, uh, I've been telling him that's the bad, that's the best way to get a bad taste out of your mouth after bombing is to go in and lift well, to execute well, and to put 
you know, and, and Ray's going to be the best that he can be on that given day, given his current set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. So are we going to go out there and hit any PBs? No, of course not. Not at this meet, but that's not what we're after. Mm-hmm. What we're after is securing the W, um, keeping him healthy, um, you know, and, um, and, 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 you know, punching our ticket to go to Belarus. Because since, um, I had a feeling, because, like, since, like, he'd been posting less um, lifting and more, like, real-life stuff, which, I yeah. mean, shit, I mean, you're getting married, you're having kids, like, that's that's some significant stuff, man. That's that's not small. That's life-changing stuff. You got to be present for that. And then going on a honeymoon and whatnot, like, he, he's earned it, I, I, I dare say, consistently, year in, year out, doing U.S. Raw Nationals, doing Arnold Classic, doing every single one of the worlds, and always showing up. Um, he's earned the right to be able to look at, I'm going to show up and I'm going to put forth the best I can and I'm going to get the W, yep. but I got to live a little bit because there's other people in my life, like my wife, the mother of my children, who see me sacrifice and I can't just keep being selfish and being like, you know, she she could say, you could take a week off, we're going on a honeymoon, but you're going to be here for me when this, that, and the other happens, like, you know, prepping for a wedding and whatnot, we know that a lot of stuff goes into it, so he's still going to be, he's still going to be the king, he's going to reclaim his crown. And he's going to start solidifying that base, that platform for which to stand on and reach when it comes to the SBD Invitational. We can only assume they've been released the lifters, but we can only assume Ray's going to be in there. You know, it'd be a shock if he wasn't. World Championship, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I mean, these are the competitions we'll look at. But looking at those, you see those coming. Um, yeah, Jason Mike, that 281. Uh, real quick, I just want to say, I remember that was actually a world record in Calgary. And... Um, Yes. He'd, he'd been chasing that as a master. He'd been chasing mm-hmm. that for so long. The story of a man chasing a record, and he finally hit it in Calgary, and it was one of the best moments in the Calgary World Championships. I remember he dropped to his knees on the platform, and I could not have been happier for the guy because um, he wanted it so bad. When you see a master chasing an open world record, it's always pretty special. Um, so... Yeah, he probably won't hit that this time, but uh, when you said the 181, I just remembered that scene. And seeing yep. him, he's like, I did it! I did it, man! I did it! I was like, I know you did it, man! You did it! We were both, like, super happy for you. Yeah, it was, yep. it was a good moment. But, um, yeah, there you have it. Listen, man, we are, like, getting close to 25 minutes past the deadline. It seems to always happen, my friend. We're going to schedule you earlier next time. But <laughs> you are, like, the guy at the bar who, like, you keep talking into staying for one more year. <laughs> <laughs> five more minutes five more minutes but uh, listen muchly appreciated I won't keep you any longer we banged it out we even got our picks for the best lifter of the tournament out of the way um, so I think it was, you, dude you're the best in the business when it comes to scouting handling and and podcasting tell people your podcast by the way because if you like Gabriel look when I said who do you want on as on the preview shows? Because I wanted, I was going to have more than just us, right? It's always going to be you, um, like Newsflash. Like I consider you a co-host, like a, like like Caffrey, like Paul, like Randy. I consider you like that. But I I meant someone else on as well as, and everyone yep. was saying Matt Gary, and I'm like, well, no, no shit, Matt Gary. But who else? But you know how many people said. Like, everybody was just, just give us Matt Gary and we're good. So then I was like, all right, whatever. It's just going to be Matt Gary, all killer. And um, you know what? We just wrap up like two hours like that. I don't know if we need somebody else to tell you the truth. It might just get clustered. The way we start talking, man, it'll turn into a four-hour podcast. But, yeah, right. But um, I want to tell everybody your podcast because everybody freaking loves you on this podcast and keeps saying you got to bring Matt on for the recaps, 
for the preview shows. So tell everybody your podcast and where to get you direct as well. I, well, yeah, first of all, thank you so much for the love. I genuinely appreciate everybody that's had kind words to say about me. I'm honored to come on your podcast. I love what you're doing for the sport of powerlifting, how you're pushing it forward, how you show all these people shine. You know, it is a cult sport. It's an underground sport, but you're, 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 you're helping and you're instrumental in bringing it into, you know, making this thing more mainstream. So much, much love to you. And I just feel honored to be on and, um, and thank you to your listeners. If they want to listen to my podcast, it's the uh, SSPT upholding the standard is the name of the podcast. We're on iTunes or Stitcher. So you can find us in those two places. Um, my wife and I have been a little bit delinquent on putting out podcasts. We try to aim for about, we're not like you. We don't churn them out every couple of days. Um, but we're, we're not, we're not on that level. We kind of aim for about one per month, but people can engage with us there. Uh, of course they can find us on our website, which is just supreme sports PT.com. And where they can find me on Instagram at ML Gary 72. There you go. And yeah. rest assured, if we got a preview show, we got a recap show. My man is getting the invite. Don't worry about that. So catch him on his podcast. Catch him on King of Lists as per usual. Gary, thank you a million. My man, you lived up to the hype. You come ready and prepared. And I love the picks. Uh, God bless, my friend. I'll see, you. I'll see you next time. All right, brother. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Take care. And there you have it. I mean, you can't find another freaking guy in the business as good as Matt Gary when it comes to scouting reports when it comes to uh, his picks, when it comes to, and I, like, I mean, in terms of handling, this dude has been involved, like, and there's some phenomenal handlers out there on all the different national teams. Um, but Gary, Matt Gary has been in the business since the 90s, and he's seen all of the greats do their thing um, since then, from the early 90s, maybe even late 80s, right up until now. And, uh, and, and how many national world championships he's been involved in, uh, national championships, handling all over the world in all different eras and seeing it all. Um, I can't say enough about my man. And yeah, his podcast, although seldom coming out, I listened to his recap show um, from Sweden World Championships. And he is Ray Williams, not only handler, but coach as well. So he doesn't only just run numbers and, and help with the attempt selection. And he does that. And he's phenomenal at it. But he also does the programming for Ray um, so he can give you the inside track on Ray if you're if you're missing a little bit there, and and he could break down like how many Bryce Lewis, Sam Calhoun. I mean, these are some of the biggest names in powerlifting, and he does the handling for them as well. So he's in terms of like game day approach, he's got to be the guy you have on your podcast. Just a phenomenal and and one of the nicest guys you're gonna meet if you if you see him and, and you, you know what he looks like and you see him in the competition. 100% you can walk up to him, talk about his picks, uh, get a picture with him, and do a super-duper approachable. Um, so there is, people have been asking about the USAPL Raw Nationals show, and there it is. There's our picks, all right? Uh, some people are going to disagree, and uh, I mean, I don't even fully blame you. Some of these picks, I'm like, you could flip a coin. I could be, be talked to either which way. It is hard, man. It's hard, and some people aren't coming 100%, like a David Wilson, for instance. Um, you know, ordinarily, things could shake up there, but he's, his injury looked pretty rough. Sean Noriega as well. It's tough, man. It is tough sometimes. You're like, I, they're not 100%. If they were 100%, you'd be far more convinced, but if they're not 100%, you're kind of guesswork. Um, and then there's other people that, uh, 
I mean, you could flip a coin between Meg and Sam and Jen. You know, if you got to roll the dice or whatever. There's no three-way coin, but that's a three-way battle. I can be talked to either which way. Same with the 74 kilo boys after Taylor. You know, some of these, some of these picks um, and the 57 kilo women. I mean, we did both pick the same person, but that is a tight race. Those girls are within 10 kilo of each other, and it's super tight. You have some runaway winners like uh, Heather Carter, Taylor, or he, Ray, look solid, Dennis Cornelius, they look solid. And then you have some of these weight classes, 63 kilo, uh, 57 kilo, you know, I could be talked into. Yeah, I can't. You could talk me either which way with some of these fellas. 66 kilo between the Garcias and, you know, I mean, I could be talked into either which way, man. I mean, some of these are very tight races, believe me. I'm not knocking nobody. If I didn't pick you, it's not because I don't believe in you. It's, uh, some of these picks are real tough. Guns to the head, you just, you got to pick somebody. And also sometimes I'm purposely contradicting what Matt's picking because I like opposing views sometimes. Um, sometimes if I know Matt's swinging one way, I'm going to swing the other just so we have a little bit of contrast to back on. So not everybody's picking, yeah, I agree the exact same, Matt. Well, let's, let's have, we, we get to have a bit of a discussion and, um, and we get to see how it shakes up. So there you have it. Uh, post this. Get, look, I'm going to post this. I know I'm going to get some feedback on it. Um, I know it's not all going to be positive. Give me the feedback. Throw it down in the comments. Hit me in the DMs. Repost the pics and, and, and let us know what you think. Uh, put it in your Instagram stories. I will repost. You know, uh, I will reply to the DMs. If you want a discussion on it, we'll rock and roll. Post in the comments. We can debate. It's all good. Um, I get it. It's sports. I love debating sports. It's uh, it's business, not personal. But help, help by giving giving exposure to the sport because we're trying to bring exposure to it. This is our ESPN. This is our Sports Center. You know, it's social media. This is how we do it. We're not we're not on the major networks yet. So th give give light to this and let's have some discussion. Okay. Until next time, from a man, Matt Gary, six pack laughing at. Peace.